It's time for the two of us to finally face off. Me, the powerless but brilliant billionaire, against you, the righteous, all-American super strong dude who dresses in blue and red. This conflict is gonna be so unique. Uh, excuse me? Huh? Who said that? Me, Iron Man, sort of facing off with Captain America here. Whole Civil War thing we got going, if you don't mind. I mind! The Batman minds. Yeah, it's just, we're two iconic heroes in our universe, and our differing ideologies have finally brought us to blows in an incredibly dramatic fashion, so... Excuse me, that's our thing? We're Batman v Superman? You mean versus? No, I mean V, as in I'm V-ing him. You know, because it's the dawn of justice. I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare. Choose a side in the Clone Wars. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Clone Wars, where two similar pieces of media clash to be crowned champion. Two go in, and only one comes out. And we are here again, and this one, this titanic clash of ideologies has been building for some time. It's been in the planning for forever. Uh, And we have been waiting to the perfect, for the perfect moment to do this. It's Mother's Day. It's six years since one of these films came out to the day where I actually saw one of these films. And we are here with the Podfather. (laughs) That is the father of Nerdify. It is Dan Ketis. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back on Prattle World. Although, to give you a peek behind the curtain, we are in fact recording in my home. So if we you are. hear if you hear my dog uh, start shouting, uh, it's just because he wants attention. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've taken him out for a wee, so hopefully he will disrupt the show as little as possible. But I'll, I'll try, to, try not to do a Kevin Smith style. Shaggy, we're talking about Batman! <laughs> well, this is where we did Nerdify. This is the, the home of Nerdify. It is, anyway. yeah. So it's, it's weird how things come full circle because I've lived in... In, uh, two other flats like prior to moving back into this one it's it's weird the cyclicality of it all um so if, for uh, new listeners uh notify is a podcast that we used to do uh between i think the years 2015 and 2017 yeah that sounds right and uh we did discuss uh one of the films we're going to discuss mm. today but uh in comparison something quite different but i'll mm. let you uh, do the explanation before I fill in with the trivia. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. You've got you've got a lot to say. I know you've uh, you've been wanting to say a lot. We, I haven't said what exactly we are doing, but most people probably know already. We are going to compare two very similar films: Batman versus Superman. Not versus, actually. It's V. The Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Captain America: Civil War. Um, so, Dan, I know you've got a lot to say about this, and I have. I don't want to say I've been putting this off, but I have a little bit. Uh, Because I think I wanted a bit of time away from the the release the Snyder Cut, restore the Snyderverse, 
ness of it all. I think that's uh, that's been a really good idea because I mean the the six years from the opening weekend I think is great. Uh, Mother's Day is a happy coincidence because obviously yeah. mothers feature quite heavily in both films. Absolutely, uh, and also it's I think in the context of the Snyder Cut being released, I think BVS has had a little bit of a... Uh, a reappraisal? A, a reappraisal. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah, a reappraisal in the eyes of some people. Now, you, if you're listening to this, you likely have opinions about one or both of these films, mm-hmm. and it's more than likely you have a favourite. And if you have a favourite, then one more white guy on a podcast is not going to change <laughs> your mind. And, and Nor do I really want to. Um, but the, the reason I wanted to sort of hijack this podcast, and I appreciate that because I know that the, the modus operandi of this is to sort of shine a spotlight on sure. uh, misunderstood or, or sort of um, pop culture offerings that sometimes get missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Whereas this is kind of as mainstream as you can get, but uh, but I, I I like to think that I bring a a, a perspective yeah. that is perhaps atypical. It's, a, it's, a, it's probably almost a little bit of a secret defenders if I'm going to use a different one of my formats, but kind of within yeah because we we as did well. we did go back and forth on that as well. Mm. But I think I think the reason I wanted to do a Clone Wars is because. But these films have been uh, discussed in relation to one another quite a lot. Mm. And what's always raised my hackles is uh, this notion of... Because they both do this very similar things, and I know you're going to get on that in a second, mm. but um, the notion of this one does it right and the other does it wrong. Mm. And invariably, it seems that when these films are discussed in relation to one another, it's pulling one down to bring the other up. And I yeah. wanted to... Uh, I know the format means that we have to pick a winner. Sure. Uh, however, I want to take this opportunity to celebrate both because these films both mean a lot to me. There we go. Very good. Well, before we get started, because I know, like you said, you've I think you've told me you've rehearsed all the things you want to say about these two films. Well, the first one in particular. But before we get onto that, um, just to clarify, we are doing the Snyder Cut of BVS. Yes, we are the Ultimate the Edition. Ultimate Edition, as it's otherwise known. Um, but before we begin, uh, as always, we do the reasons for comparison. So, first off, both films were released in the same year. Well, yeah. Two months apart. Both feature characters created by rival comic book companies. Both feature two iconic superheroes coming to blows over dueling ideologies, which is instigated by a mad genius who wants to rid the world of superpowered beings. Yeah. Both introduce new characters into their respected universes that arguably steal the show. Yeah. Both loosely adapt classic comic book storylines. Okay, yeah. Both films address the fallout from collateral damage from previous instalments and debate the politics of superheroics on the world stage. Yep. Both were designed to create more spin-off movies within their respective universes. Both feature flashbacks of dead parents which feed into the Iron Man Batman character arcs, both specifically making reference to their mothers during their climactic battles. And uh, after the opening flashbacks that both have, both begin the main plot in Africa. And last two, both Lex and Zemo bring back a villain from a previous instalment, Winter Soldier, Zod slash Doomsday, to be a current threat. And both Lex and Zemo share the same fate, teasing that the worst is yet to come. Excellent. Yeah, I'd I'd throw some more in there. I'd also throw in that they're uh, they're both... 
they both have the trappings of political thrillers, mm-hmm. uh, and I would also argue that they both had um, uh, far-reaching sort of consequences for their respective universes. Even though, sort of in on the Marvel side of things, it was narrative consequences, but with mm-hmm. the DC side of things, it was behind-the-scenes consequences. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, uh, no one will defend this film more vociferously than me, but we can't. Uh, and that's something that people are talking about a lot, actually, is uh, whether uh, BVS was a box office disappointment. Because some people are saying, well, uh, a film with the first films have Batman and Superman should have cracked a billion. Mm. And some people are saying, well, that's an arbitrary, um, that's an arbitrary target. Mm. And it made a hundred, I think, hundred and sixty million profit, and that's a lot of anyone's money. Yep. However, we we can debate the tits off that all day long. <laughs> but the the fact is, it, what matters is clearly Warner Brothers did consider it a success no. because we know they shat the bed spectacularly <laughs> on on that that vision uh, that Snyder had which is so unfair to mm-hmm. to give the guy the keys to the kingdom and then say uh we'd like our keys back now Mr <laughs> Snyder sir um well i think i think this is a great opportunity for you Again, you've you've had this rehearse, you've had this in your mind as something you wanted to stay, say for a long time about Batman v Superman, the Dawn of Justice. So I'm just going to give you the floor. Uh, this is about BVS in relation to Civil War and uh, that sort of era of DCU films in relation to um, the MCU. But uh, my, my thesis is as follows. A lot of people call the MCU McDonald's. They make that comparison. You know, it's cheap, disposable fast food for the for pop culture. And I would argue that that's unfair. Do you know what the MCU is? It's Starbucks. And that's not that's not. And that sounds like I'm being uh, I'm throwing shade at the MCU. I'm not at all. Uh, like Starbucks is incredibly well branded. Uh, it offers good quality, and above all, it's consistent. Um, you can go into, as with McDonald's, really, you can go into any Starbucks anywhere in the world. And, you know, if you order a caramel latte, it's going to taste roughly the same. So I want you to keep that image in your head. Caramel okay. latte. Okay, okay. Caramel so, latte. So you've got, like, imagine that Civil War or, or any sort of MCU film, really, is a caramel latte, right? Mm-hmm. So when you sip caramel latte, you're going to get the the sweetness that's going to be the first thing you get. So you're going to get that sort of sugar rush. Mm-hmm. And that's not the only thing you get. You get like the creaminess and the richness of the milk foam. Uh, you're going to get the richness and earthiness of the espresso. Um, so there is substance underneath that sweetness. Okay. So with something like Civil War, uh, the sweetness is the quips, the the bombastic action sequences, um, the, the sense of familiarity, the sense of like losing yourself in a familiar universe, the familiar characters. And, but underneath that, there is substance. There is, you know, uh, there's a lot of fantastic character work going on. There's great performances. There's 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 more nuance than than you'd expect when you look at a caramel latte. Now, uh, imagine you've got your caramel latte over here, and on the other side, you've got a glass of red wine. Uh, so like, I don't know, a Cabernet Sauvignon or Montepulciano, whatever your, your favorite. And I, I'm not being one of those, listen, I'm not being one of those Snyder fans who's like, oh, DCU films are like fine wine and, mm, you know, yeah. MCU's Coca-Cola. I'm not being that guy. This is just a, an analogy. Sure. So, um, 
So when you sip a glass of red wine, depending on the state of your palate, you'll taste different things. You'll get different things out of that subjective experience. Um, so you might get a little bit of cherry, for example, or dark chocolate, or you might get sort of like bitterness, you might get tannins. Now, if you have been sipping a caramel latte for half an hour, and then you taste your red wine, it's going to taste like battery acid, isn't it? Because your palate has been primed for the sweetness. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's what you're going to you're going to expect. And I think arguably the sort of Marvel films that came out before this, we had um, Age of Ultron and Ant Man, which are, are pretty much pretty good examples of the Marvel mo. Would hmm. you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um, compare that with. I think audience expectations at the time of what a film um, featuring Batman and Superman should be. Mm. And it's it's fair to say that what we got would be jarring to their palate mm. for a lot of people. Sure. And including me, like yeah. I, I hasten to add, because the first time I saw uh, BVS, I did not know what to make of it. Because it's and an, and I don't think it helped weirdly that I saw it in IMAX because viscerally that film's a lot <laughs> like like that bat, even that Batman theme is dun, 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 dun. it's like whoa fuck mm. um, and and the fact that we go from the death of the Waynes straight into the um, the retelling of the Battle of Metropolis with Man of Steel from Bruce's perspective you know it's it's wow a lot and even like you were there when uh, my partner she described it as a headache of a film <laughs> and uh, and I. I saw it with her and with my best friend Tom, and they both hated it. Mm. And um, and when they said, "Oh, so what did I think?" I was like, "I'm really not sure." And I've gone back to it time and time and time again. That both the theatrical version and then when it was released, the ultimate edition. And every time I've seen it, I've I've come away with something new and, and something more to appreciate. I started enjoying the film exponentially more when I started appreciating the film on its own merit because what I'd done which I think is something that we can read as fans we and I've talked about this quite a bit actually on Nerdify we we can get in our own way quite a lot having seen Unloved Man of Steel I had already sort of written shot and directed in my head what that encounter should look like I, and I was going into the film with a sort of uh, a list of bullet points that needed to be ticked off you know a list of things I needed to see so when I didn't get that I wasn't quite sure what to make of the film, but I think time has vindicated it, and I think it has rewarded rewatches for me personally. And uh, I think, but at the same time, if you're someone who didn't enjoy that film and who has a really sort of uh, vehement opposition to the way the characters were treated, um, then you're probably not going to feel all that inclined to give it another shot. And I, I totally appreciate that. However, what I will argue against is this notion of well, uh, Zack Snyder hates Superman or Zack Snyder doesn't understand the characters. And like, if you're old like me, <laughs> you you were there when people said the exact same thing about Tim Burton, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, this, this idea of authorship, I think, is something that specifically Batman and Superman uh, have a bit of a problem with, um, especially Superman, because... If you grew up with the Christopher Reeve films and not necessarily the comics or the animated series, um, then you're going to have a very specific idea of what Superman is and should be. Uh, And if you see something that is in opposition to that, 
Um, it's it's not going to feel like Superman. It's not going to you know it's not going to feel like hanging out with your cool big brother, which is I no. think what a lot of people want Superman to feel like. Well, there'll be a generation now that have grown up on the Nolan films as well. That's their Batman, or that's their version of Batman, and that is being held up as the you know the the gospel Batman. Yeah, and, and there's definitely there is definitely a, like almost like a generational divide sometimes. Like people will go back and watch the Tim Burton one and be like, oh. It's dated. It's old. It's not right. He's killing. Da, 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 da. Who are these people? Where do they live? Kill them. Kill them <laughs> I'll now. Find them. Burn them. <laughs> I will find them. <laughs> but you know there is there is that. And but then there's also the there's also the other side of that where it's the Snyder like the Snyder bots for lack of a better word where it's like this is the only version of this character ever. We can't have any other adaptations. They are shit in comparison. Rah, 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 rah. There yeah, is, there is that side of the Snyder. Like I was all for the Snyder cut. Like I was, I was, I'm like, I always want another cut of a movie, or I'll see a different version of it. But it was there was some there was something there's I don't know, but there was there was a I mean any any movement will have some negative people yeah. in it and, and will ruin it for anybody else. Anything really, uh, political or otherwise, I think. And there there was very much there was there was people like oh I took a cracking shit, released the Snyder cut, you know. There's, yeah. there's things like that, and I was like, that's what's the point? Or you know, there's the recently. Just within days of us recording this, people have been talking about BVS and talking about Jimmy Olsen and that Jimmy Olsen was was a loser, was shit, was not a character until Zack Snyder brought him in and killed him. Yeah, I, obviously I don't agree with that. No. I, I I don't like. I, I did see a tweet that said, uh, "Oh, no one cared about Jimmy Olsen before. Or no one knew who Jimmy Olsen was before BVS." And no. that's 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 not Bullshit. true. But like. Zack Snyder, it's not that Zack Snyder doesn't understand these characters. He just has a very specific take mm, and a yeah. very specific vision. Yeah. Um, just like Matt Reeves has with Batman, you know? Absolutely, just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like uh, Christopher Nolan had, like Tim Burton, an, Joel it's Schumacher. An, it's an adaptation and, and there are always going to be changes. There's going to be, you know, different ways of looking at it, different ways of, of using the character. I think Batman is probably the one that you can play with a lot more you can have a horror batman story you can have a gritty crime thriller you can have a silly kind of you know uh 60s version that, that kind yeah. of adam west kind of uh comedy version of that or parody well within five years we had the batman and lego batman yes which <laughs> you know yeah. and i think the lego batman and the batman are two of the best batman films that, that has ever been made oh so. sure exemplary yeah but i think i think we can get as fans we can get overly obsessed with canon and what counts mm. Uh, like when people say uh, restore the Snyderverse, they mean very different things. Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone's saying like just make Zack Snyder DC films no. because he's only got so many hours in the day. You yeah. know, um, but I think a lot of people are, are, are sort of compartmentalizing in their heads. Mm. Um, which DC films count and which don't. So yeah. for some fans, like everything after two seven, 2017, for want of a better word, Justice League onwards, uh, doesn't count and gets sort of like parceled up in its own little yeah, continuity. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that as well. Like DC does that great with all in the comics with the Elseworlds stuff. Me and Dennis have talked about Elseworlds on the podcast as well. And I love all the, the multiversal different takes. Like, you know, uh, you know uh, bloody Batman is a... Arthur, King Arthur, Knight, Knight yeah. of the Round Table. I love that shit. I can eat that up all day. Yeah. So and, and there's nothing wrong with different continuities and several different continuities. Marvel and DC are going full into this and, and 
doing multiversal stuff. Now. And it's great because we, yeah. as fans, we get to have our cake and eat it, um, which, which is perfect. But just we're getting two what, Batman in one film this year. Yeah. Well, actually, it's been delayed, but yeah, you know, we're still that is still occurring. For sure, and and but I think I think it, we should embrace that and and be grateful for it, but just not use canon as a stick yeah. to beat other fans with. Yeah, just because we happen to disagree with just, them, just which because, is best. Just because something is canon doesn't necessarily mean it's good. Yeah, like I've read a lot of stuff that's in canon and it's garbage. For sure, yeah, you know? and that's it. And the same with films, you know. But I think you just have to kind of like you said, just appreciate a film on its own for its own merits, like you said. And and when you when you introduced me to the ultimate edition of BVS, like I wasn't massively keen on it when it came out. I was a bit confused, wasn't sure. You know, like you said, it is bombastic. I think is the is the is the word. And you know, it's coming at you and it's exploding and it's an IMAX. And when you showed me the ultimate edition, I did enjoy it more because it felt mm. more like a richer experience. And coming back to it again and watching it in four K, which was that's, ri- that's something I wanted to talk to you about actually. So um, we so you saw it at the cinema, and then I think you saw the ultimate edition with me. Yeah, uh, you've not seen it since then, have no, you? So no, so like you've watched it with me both times, which that's is lovely. Right. Yeah. Um, so like I'm, special, I'm, very I'm, special. I'm really we've kind of all like sort of organically transitioned into talking about BVS. So mm. let's ride that wave. Let's go. Let's um go. so like obviously we we I got everything set up and yeah. like it was just to piss on my chips. It was a gloriously sunny day and I'm like we're trying to be nerds. <laughs> Let we, us leer in the dark. Fuck off nature. <laughs> we want to watch Batman v Superman. You should be enjoying this nature while it's here. No, not in not in Manchester. We like it rainy and yeah. dark and I want I want we want it to iron like... grey skies and torrential rain. Thank it, you very exactly. much. Exactly. Just just like just imagine Manchester, but just as the battle of Batman and Superman, it's that weather all the time in yeah, Manchester. That would have been perfect. <laughs> but I, I have to admit that the Ultimate Edition is the best way to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, f- for me, one of the biggest problems I have with the film is the the take on Lex Luthor. But this version fills in a lot of the plot holes, a lot of the problems because it it felt like it was like you said. Like I, I have issues with both of these films in regards to pacing towards the end mm-hmm. and the kind of the turnaround of of people going. I really don't like you. I'm going to punch you. Bah! And then oh, we're mates again. It's okay. We're mates. Um, and that's that's one of the issues I have. But with this huge subplot about the bullet, let's just call it the bullet subplot, which yeah. adds. A lot. It, it reminded me of the the director's cut of Daredevil because there's a whole Coolio plot, which again adds to the film, adds layers to the characters, adds so much more to it. It makes it a better film. Yeah, and I feel like this is like that. It gives Lois more agency because otherwise, in the film, she's she's not there a whole lot. She doesn't do a whole lot. And uh, Amy Adams is great. I think all the acting in it is great. All the people playing those roles do the absolute best that they can with with the with the. You know, with the part, with the script, what have you. I think they're great. But yeah, there was, I, I just had a lot of problems with the kind of, there was there just rushed moments. There was things like, you know, uh, Batman and Superman are on the same page. They know each other's identity. They know what the plan is, you know, things like that. And I'm not saying that they're all fixed because of the Ultimate Edition, but it is the best way to watch this film. And For I sure. do enjoy it much more. And it's a richer experience. And the little details I noticed going through it, I'm like, oh, there's Nyazev, there's KGB in the background in yeah. that scene where Lois is going up an escalator and the woman coming down is the witness. And if I didn't like, if I saw that shot in the original cut, it wouldn't have any of that effect. There is, I would be remiss if I didn't mention there's a, a wonderful podcast called uh, BVS by the Minute. 
oh, which wow. uh, goes into incredibly granular detail on this film. Uh, and it literally takes, it's about 15, 20 minutes per episode. Yeah. And they talk about a minute of the film at the time. And they're just, they're just going to how much is stuffed into every frame, mm. the, the, the symbolism uh, of it. So if you, if you ever wanted to know what horses represent in BVS or, or, wow. or drinks represent, um, that's one thing I do remember off the top of my head. Sort of drinks represent lies or deception, okay. Okay. Uh, or in some cases, willful deception. So when it's interesting when someone rejects a drink, like Senator Finch uh, refuses Lex's bourbon, mm. but also um, Diana refuses to accept a glass of champagne from the museum curator as he's feeding her what she knows to be a lie about Alexander the Great's sword. A, be- a beautiful lie. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I thought that was a really cool little moment. And it's, it just it just uh, goes into those, the sort of the depth and the nuances. And because um, Zack Snyder comes from a sort of like classical art background. So he's always hiding like double meanings in everything, sure. in, in visuals, in dialogue, um, in, in in the composition of, of shots. And it's something I really appreciate. I did. I do remember when they did decide to give... Zack Snyder, Man of Steel. I did, and I always remember this. And someone put it on the social medias again. And again, I like Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. I like his work. I don't think all of his work is great. I do not like Sucker Punch at all. I think that's just atrocious. But he has a style. He has a look. And he has, you know, it's like a Tim Burton movie. Tim Burton has a very definite style. You know by looking at it, it's a Tim Burton movie. And you know by looking at Zack Snyder, it's a Zack Snyder movie. But I do remember when he was doing Watchmen and he was like, you know, I didn't really like comics when I was a kid. You know, I I used to read things like heavy metal and stuff where, you know, there was tits out and there's, you know, and there's uber violence and stuff. So I'd go and read like Superman or X-Men or something. I'm like, where are all the tits and violence? And I was kind of like, and that's what I thought going into kind of Man of Steel. But again, I really like Man of Steel. Mm. I really, really, really like Man of Steel. Again, there's things about it I don't like, or there's there's twists and turns on the characters, adaptations on that character, and the changes. Some of the changes they make, I'm like, eh, not for me. But but that's that's fine. That is a take, and if you like that take, that's fine as well. But I, I do remember that like screaming out to me at the time. But again, he's a. I think he's a visual master. Yeah, and, and I think and I think we does. need to we need to recontextualize that quote as well because yeah. he was talking about his teenage self. First. Yes, yeah, of course. And, and I, he's I talking about he's talking about Watchmen. He's talking yeah. about what the the adult impact of Watchmen, the mature storytelling of Watchmen. But yeah, no, I, I agree. But I do it always stuck out to me. I was like, they're giving that guy Superman. Yeah, and I th- I think that I, and I get that that's jarring because mm. like he he he. He has sort of like come to comics that have lost their innocence, and so when when people want that innocence put back into comics, mm. he can't really do it. I mean, you could argue that there are elements of that in Zack Snyder's Justice League, sure. but um, the that that whole as because uh, that's another thing we need to remember. It was this was intended to be a five part saga, mm. um, yeah, and and two, two part Justice League movie, wasn't it? He, uh, I, I think he wanted to do three, okay. but that that was the original pitch is two parts. Um, and the the plan was for other directors to take those characters and then do their own thing with them. So it was it was that's an, another thing that people forget. It was it was always meant to be sort of Zack Snyder laying a foundation and then yeah. other directors doing their own thing. Like say what you will about um, Aquaman, it's sure. very much James Wan's film. Yeah, you know, absolutely. say what you will about Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, it's very much Patty Jenkins's film. Yeah. And you can't be one of these people who's like creative freedom for artists. 
just for like the artists you like like james gunn for example yeah, is a very absolutely. idiosyncratic filmmaker mm. and um you know the suicide squad i think is a great film by yeah, any absolutely. by any metric you yeah. know if, um, if it's not a dc film it's still a great film regardless yeah. and i think that's one of the things that dc has over marvel is that marvel do uh, it's kind of almost like a kind of a factory uh it's a factory situation where they're like we need this out by this time who's the director that can do that Mm. in this way at this style within this time frame now 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 we've got a plan we've got to stick to the time frame do 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 and dc are very much not like that so you know one of the issues i have with a lot of the mcu films is they do no matter who's directing them, you're, they do have a set look or a set style or a set colour palette when you're watching them. I think from like phase two onwards, because I, I remember when um, when before the first Avengers came mm. out, I remember, so I saw like obviously Iron Man 1 and 2, Incredible Hulk, Captain America, mm. Thor. And I remember thinking like, how are they going to marry these very disparate mm. feeling styles? Yeah. Um, and, and, then, and then for better or for worse, I think the first Avengers became the template. Yeah. Uh and uh and in some respects I think that uh, and they certainly set the standard for what audiences expect from comic book films which yeah. goes back to the point I made you know with sure. Caramel Lattes and, yeah, and yeah. Montepulciano you know. Mm. Um so that is definitely something that I think has had a had an unexpected sort of impact on audience expectations and yeah. certainly critical expectations mm. cuz let's not forget most critics especially critics of an age aren't really comic book savvy no, uh, no. and and they just think oh it's what what is this weird character yeah you know and what is this why, why is pip the troll turning up who, who who is he to do with whatever you know um i get that and there's been a lot of occasions where obviously you know we've we talked about nerdifying stuff where a lot of the marvel directors have walked away yeah you Patty know? jenkins walked Patty away jenkins. from wonder woman um, no, no know, sorry from thor to do wonder from woman, thor yeah. too yeah and uh, and uh, bloody Edgar Wright walked away from Ant Man after you know? years and years and years, years of pre-production, yeah. and you know Joe Wright's script as well, and all this other stuff. So there is sometimes I think on the Marvel side, it's like we, we this is you know this is a factory. We need to get these out at a certain time. And DC, as they are prone to do, will delay movies. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because they want them to be of a certain quality. They want the marketing to build up to that as well. And they want it to be good. And I don't ever Unless mind. they want their bonuses before the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In okay. which case they will fuck a film raw <laughs> and shove oh, it out. We love Warner Bros, honestly. I, uh, I, I mean, I, like, yeah. I'm holding my hands up. When I first saw the theatrical cut of Justice yeah. League, I was, I was off my tits on happiness. You know, I was so. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I probably, was so I probably, excited to see those characters I together. I probably enjoyed it more than BVS. And okay. there's still a lot of the stuff in. I remember I posted after I saw the Snyder Cut, I was like, here's the stuff I actually miss from the Joss Whedon one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, again, there's moments in every superhero film that I love, you know, despite on the whole, whether it's good or a bad film, they'll go. Well, that was nice. That was a nice touch or a nice, you know, callback or reference or continuity, whatever it may be, or an effect. There's, there's always something I can, I can pull the positive out mm. which, of of anything, and and yeah, like I, the Snyder Cut again is superior, much like the Ultimate Edition is superior. You know, I, I, I don't know again if it compares to you know what the other Marvel films, but again, we don't want to necessarily do that, but we are doing it here, and that's the point. But um, I I do believe BVS on repeated viewings of the Ultimate Edition has improved in my eyes, definitely. Yeah, 
Like, so, so fun. you you and 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 you something you mentioned when we were watching it. It's uh, the little the little bits that you notice, mm. uh, and that's something that I've certainly got out of the film. It's just the the little nuances, especially performance. Like I think. Mm. Henry Cavill gets a really, really raw deal in terms of how his performance is perceived because I, you get all these comments about emo Superman or or mopey Superman, and I think there's just so much going on there. Um, and and what really sort of what does um, raise my hackles is when people say I can't believe Superman only gets X amount of lines of dialogue because the quality of a performance is not measured in lines of dialogue no. and and we need to get out of this mentality that if somebody doesn't say out loud what they're thinking mm. it doesn't count well i mean i mean look at look at arnie in the terminator he, he's only got like 30 lines in that mm. and again it's a it's a you know hollywood making role for him it's, it's an iconic performance it's, it's yeah. the most iconic character and performance in one of them in all of cinema and again it, it's it's the physicality it's the performance not the lines mm. they're there they're just there you know but again, I, I think as well, there's a lot of complex ideas in BVS that are being addressed. I don't think, not only does Lois get more agency in the, the investigative reporting, um, it all gets kind of fleshed out. But Clark is also very much so yeah. seeing what the Batman is doing. And, and, and you kind of, you get a bit more of kind of his reasoning why he goes after the Batman. Because without that, that first confrontation between the two seems to come out of nowhere. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's really well contextualized with this idea of you you can't reason with someone like this. You know, you 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 can only, the only thing you can do is apply brute force, yeah. and that's what he tries to do so without laying a hand on him. You know, mm. um, but I I think I think the the film's. Uh, greatest strength and weakness is that it, it's not afraid to show to deconstruct in order to reconstruct its heroes it's not afraid to make them fallible because hmm. you, what's the age-old thing of with superman oh well he's not relatable so okay let's make him relatable let's make him human let's make him a kid from kansas who is uncomfortable being viewed by the world as an icon hmm. um, who's uncomfortable with everyone having expectations of everyone wondering what his deal is of everyone sort of like trying to tell him what he's here for hmm. and i think the film does that really well and i love the way that the media is, is used sort of like the greek chorus you know hmm. they're they're not only they're telling you what's going on but they're also lending it commentary and context and I, I, I like what you said as well because I didn't realize until we were watching it that all the pundits and commentators and news people are all real news people. Yes. They're all like they're not just actors; they are news people that exist in our world. And I think, given obviously the flights of fancy and the you know the over the top aliens flying around and you know creatures and all sorts, I think it does aid the kind of adding to a realism and it, and it grounds it a little bit more yeah um again it's again it's just a little it's just a little thing but it really does add and help with the storytelling on a whole yeah and i and i think visually it's it's i think it's a really visually beautiful film i mean we tried to shut out as much sunlight as we could but it's it's got yeah. but again because it borrows a lot from dark knight returns which has for, especially for his time, a very unconventional, uh, subtle mm. colour palette. Well, it, was, it was produced by Nolan, wasn't it, as well? Yes. So, yeah. with, And written by Goya. Yeah, and shot by Larry Fong as well, who shot uh, Watchmen and 300. So, like, it's it's a very nuanced colour palette. It's very dark, but also there's a lot of... Especially because the version that we saw has been uh, regraded. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so just little things like... I noticed the reds are a lot richer. Mm. Um, but also you've got those wonderful IMAX sequences, like the yeah. uh, Nightmare sequence with all the parademons. Mm. Um, but and, and as well, like a lot of the things that people called plot holes or said made no sense hmm. um, at the time, I think in the context of um, the Justice League that we were supposed to get hmm. has been kind of um, sure. vindicated a little bit. 
I think um, Ben Affleck is, you know, it, it, like when it came out, he was one of the best things in it. But I think I think it was really telling that they keep all of the Batman elements in. This is very much a Warner Bros. thing because they know Batman and especially the Joker um, are a money maker for them. They know this, so it's always like. Mm to put a bit more Batman in or let's keep a bit more Batman in and I think what you were saying is that a lot of the stuff that is cut again builds up to that confrontation it adds so much so many layers to the actual fight it's not just fisticuffs it's not just you know battering each other silly for no real reason you know that they you get to see Clark you know looking at the brutalness you get you know Batman brands a guy because mm. he's a he's a sex slaver effectively goes into prison and gets killed like yeah. a- immediately based on that brand and Clark's like what the fuck is this yeah. this is insane this is wh- how can this be allowed how is this okay and I do think Ben Affleck is is one of the best things in it I think I think again I, I think all the actors get more to chew on in this version as well. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more kind of layers, and you get a bit more Perry as well. You get a bit more of the Daily Planet, which I love. Um, you get a bit more of the kind of day-to-day. And again, I love I love the investigative, you know, journalism aspect of it. And, and again, my main issue with the film, like, we'll talk about it now, but I'm not a fan of this version of Lex Luthor. I can see what they're going with. I can see that, obviously, they've cast Jesse Eisenberg because they want an evil Mark Zuckerberg or an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos. And I get that. That's quite a relatable idea because I think if you look into any of those particular people too long and too far down the rabbit hole, you'll realize how uh, not so nice they are. But I, I get it. But it's it's not, and again, I think you're right that I was coming in expecting a certain type of Lex. As yeah, well. we all wanted sort of a live action Clancy yeah. Brown. Version. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and I'm I'm still waiting for that version. You know, I I really like the Michael Rosenbaum version as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a take. It's an adaptation. Um, it's not for me personally, but I can see why people would like it and get behind it. But I'm, I'm just a bit sick of, every, in every movie, Lex has to be this, I'm a used car salesman. Oh, hello! You know, it's, it's this goofy humour, which I don't think goes with that character, that intense, overriding jealousy and envy and hate and xenophobia that comes out in Lex. I don't think that that comes out for me in in that version. There is that. You can feel the disdain on some of the lines and some of the delivery, which is good. Yeah. And I I was very much going into it going, he's going to be a goofball in his public face. Like, he's just going to be like, oh, hello, oh, hello, Clark, and hello. You should meet this guy. Oh, he's got a funny handshake. Oh, he's a strong guy. Don't get in a fight with him. (laughs) You know, all that sort of stuff. I was just like... When did Ken Dodd play Lex Luthor? (laughs) Feather duster, feather duster. Um... <laughs> I mean, it's not far off. In some in some scenes, I'm like, wow, okay. But it's uh, yeah, I, I, I do. I love the scene with him and uh, Holly Hunter, which you were saying, who's amazing in this as well. Yeah, it's really, really good, really strong. One of the most overlooked. Her her performance is one of the most overlooked elements of the film. I really think so. Absolutely, I think. Uh, the stuff with Lex that I'm, you know, there's some scenes where I'm like, okay, this is a bit much, or I'm not really into this, or. But there's there's very much like that, almost like he's slightly on the autistic spectrum as well. Oh, big time! Which I, which I kind of appreciate. I kind of like that aspect. But the 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 one scene with her, I felt that was that was it for me. I was like, that's he's dropping that public face because he's not getting what he wants. Yeah, he can't manipulate her. She won't budge. There's nothing he can do. He can't bribe her because this is what he does. He gets what he wants. He's used to getting what he wants. Like you said, he's kind of like a spoiled brat. I think you mentioned. Yeah, and. 
And when he doesn't get his way, he's like, right. He gets triggered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think when he drops that public face, I like him more. But when he's and, and and again, it's not. I mean, it's not the public. It's not what I expected or thought it would be. But that's. I wanted more of that in the film. I don't think we get that again. It's like, oh, look at my egg timer. Oh, we've not got long. Ooh. I quite, see. I, I and again, I I, I like it for that reason. It, it took a while to grow on me, but I yeah. like it for that reason. It is this idea of. Um, a spoiled child who doesn't know how to react when his toys get taken away mm. um, and someone who's, whose brain works so quickly it doesn't really translate into what they say like in the speech yeah um, <laughs> with the with the because that would be paradoxical, um, and I but I really like it. You know, I I, I again I can see as with both these films, people have criticisms. Sure. I understand them; they're valid. Mm-hmm. They don't bother me personally. Um, and I, I I think he's you know he's a great actor. He's making choices uh, that may not be for everyone, but I I, I get it. And yeah. there's a, there's a there's a logic behind it. And I think I get the 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 sort of the eccentric nature of it mm. i get the um almost childish nature of it i get the petulance of it mm. because again it's that that whole thing of the the scarred child I guess, I guess as well that maybe they're trying to show the opposition between a bruce wayne billionaire and a lex luther billionaire like that dichotomy of the two different types of billionaire i mean this have. is this is someone who is so fuck you rich that they have never had to bother <laughs> modifying their behavior for anyone yeah, and, that's, and that's so point. so that's like that's 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 the way I look at it, mm. and and so yeah, so Bruce Wayne has had to sort of like he's had to teach himself that public image. Yeah. And you see him in the film, you see Ben Affleck slide in and out of that, mm. and um and and we all remember that sort of like goofball Ben Affleck era from like yeah. two thousand and two. You when he says like I like those shoes, you see it like slip in, you know that, and that's something <laughs> that's only Ben Affleck could have delivered that line in that way, you know? No, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Um. There, I think it's 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 a, it's an interesting film. Um, I think I think the music is fantastic. Yes, thank you. That's uh, that's something I, that I think definitely. Um, even if you don't love the film, I think the score has some wonderful you've moments. To, you've got to appreciate Junkie XL, Hans Zimmer. You know, just just for Wonder Woman alone. Oh yeah. You know that the whole beautiful lie song, but even the Batman theme's great. And I think the main theme's quite good as well. Yeah, it's just it's just really good. Like when I I just I really appreciate it this time, just listening to the music and just taking that in, and and the way you know, it's it's something I unfortunately I don't always necessarily notice, and I think you only notice it in films. It's one of those things in films where if it's not there, you notice it. Yeah, and sometimes with music, I can kind of I get swept along by the story, and I'm like. I'm like I can't even remember the soundtrack necessarily. Yeah. But, so it so it's going it, when it goes above and beyond, and I do know it, and I do hear it, and I do listen to it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. That's when I know it's good. I think for me, my favorite moment in the score is um, when Superman uh, and Lois have that moment where he says, "I love you. This mm. is my world. You're my world." And then he he flies and he picks up the spear. And I remember on the Notified podcast mm. we talk about like how much effort that would have to be and how yeah. much that would hurt. Yeah. Uh, and so when people I love say he struggles as well, he seemed kind of as he takes flight, yeah. he kind of stumbles almost. And and when when you know, and that's something when when people say, oh, this isn't 
Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman. This is someone who we've seen like for for over a year. Uh, he's had to deal with the slings and arrows of public opinion. He's yeah. had to deal with people ascribing agendas to him that he doesn't have. Yeah. He's had to deal with like he's he's seen the world hate him and chooses to give his yeah. life for it anyway and i think that's just the most superman thing you can get and yeah. and people say oh i didn't feel shit when superman died i'm sorry for that i'm sorry you didn't but like it certainly yeah. worked for me you know and 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 every time i watch it it's still mm. the and the score is such a huge part of mm. that just the way it brings back that man of steel the ding 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 yeah. ding but then elevates it into this like heart-wrenching crescendo when he flies into doomsday mm. And then you've got that moment where they're both stabbing each other and it's sort of like a callback to Excalibur with um, Arthur and Mordred stabbing yeah, each other. Yeah. And it just this idea of he grabs this like jutting bony protrusion from Doomsday and drags himself into mm. it. That's, yeah, that's a, that's as Superman as it gets for me. It's and good. I get, yeah. you can argue they rushed into the death of Superman. Okay, you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. For me personally, I get why they did it. And um, you could argue maybe they shoehorned a lot of the Dark Knight Returns in there when it doesn't necessarily fit. Like, because one of my issues with it was that there's all these vague references to like 20 years in Gotham, mm. but nothing's really explored or explained. Or like, it's it was almost implied that he kind of retired and came back, and you know all these things he's been doing. I do like the idea that he's. Like Alfred states, he's you know he's he's jealous and he's grown cruel and he's branding people. Well, it's, it's this idea aspect, of getting but... jaded, and it's like it, you know you see it in real life in police mm. officers. You do see people get jaded by yeah. seeing humanity at its worst mm. every night for twenty years. Like, what does that do to a person? Mm. Uh, and of of course they're going to get risk averse. Of course they're going to think that if there's a one percent chance that the human race could get annihilated, you've got to you've got to do that. You've got to be the one to do the thing that no one else can or will do. Mm. You know, it's like. And and if that's you know if that gives you an existential feeling of dread as a Batman fan, good. It's supposed to. <laughs> that's the idea. And and the the I the one of the, I think the biggest criticisms, other than like ridiculous shit, like it's got too much film grain, or that Lex yeah. Luthor's Jim Carrey's Riddler because they've got both long red hair, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the, this idea of oh, it, it it's not real Batman because Batman doesn't kill. We've seen lots of. Batman versions of kill. Batman killing yeah. on film. Even Christian Bale's version, who talked a great game about having one rule. Oh, he killed. He kills seven. Like in, in Batman Begins, he kills a room full of ninja people yeah. after saying, I'm not an executioner. <laughs> murder? <laughs> Fuck no. Manslaughter? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Mass murder. Genocide. <laughs> well, he, he, and he also um, he kills um, Talia. He shoots the truck that she's in. And again, that's, yeah. he does the exact same thing that mm. Batman does in BVS. Like he yeah. Shoots cars that people are in. Mm, if yeah. that car blows up, sorry, not my problem. Like, and I've, something I noticed um, in the bit with uh, KG Beast, mm. when he shoots the tank, the only reason KG Beast dies is because he pulls the trigger on the flamethrower yeah, to try and, and kill it Martha. Sets, and it sets it off. Yeah, yeah, and that's what sets it off. Mm. So, like, he he puts people into, and you know, if you're if you've taken the pin out of a grenade mm. and he knocks it out of your hand and then kicks you into a room, mm. he's got bigger shit on his mind than like. <laughs> I think people just have unrealistic expectations in terms of, oh, you've got to save the bad guy. Mm, and it's like, yeah. okay, ideally, yes. But this is... I mean, I mean, I love I love the Spider-Man films, but basically all he ever does in that is jump out of the way of things. 
<laughs> and the villains die. He's like, oh, okay. Oh, you're trying to kill me? Oh, I jumped out of the way. Oh, yeah, I jumped out of the way. You know, and oh, I tried to kill Venom. I was just trying to kill the symbiote. Oh, but you jumped into the, the explosion. Oh, right. you While know. we're on the subject of that, how much of a piece of shit is Harry Osborn's butler? Like, oh, he's, he's like, oh, Bill, Bill Paxton's dad. <laughs> I saw your father was killed by his glider, <laughs> sir. It's like, fuck, you You saw me for six months taking this green shit. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at my face. Let alone, look at my face, man. You're a monster. It's been years. It's I love years. you, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cleaned his wound that night. Utter. Why didn't you think it was a good idea to tell me this? Dan, Dan, <laughs> that is another podcast in itself. And maybe we will do that one day. Maybe, I, I like, maybe, like Spider-Man 3. <laughs> maybe Amazing Spider-Man 2 versus Spider-Man 3 might Ooh, be one okay. we could do. The, the best of the worst. <laughs> I, but again, like when I'm, I'm, I'm such an easy lay when it comes to this stuff. It's like, me, it's me like pizza. Me when it's good, yeah. it's very, very good. When it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the same. But... Uh, yeah, I um, I I love that Batman sequence. That Arkham Arkham video game Batman sequence is incredible. I think it's one of the best bits of Batman you've ever seen. Again, I think you know there are some kind of holes in the storytelling or jumps in logic sometimes. Uh, again, I think both films have an issue with that towards the third act or the finale, where it's like, ah, okay, we're here now. We need to be here. We need to move the story along. Like I remember you saying, the first hour is like a really you know, it's a lot of the stuff they cut is that first hour uh, mm. from BVS, and that is all the plot and the build-up. But again, you don't get the satisfaction of those battles and those scenes at the end and the sacrifice um, without that build-up. Yeah. So, so I do recommend, if you are going to watch BVS at all, ever, to watch the Ultimate Edition. I think, like you said, that's the only one available, I think. I think on, on, if you're American and you've got HBO Max, I think that's the only one available. If you if you get the new sort of remastered 4K with IMAX, that's the only one available. Yeah. You can get the theatrical yeah. cut on Blu-ray and 4K. No, so just on Blu-ray. Yeah. I don't think you can get it on 4K. No. But I think, on the whole, I love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman as well. Like, she comes in absolutely you know just steals the show i i genuinely think she would have made a good catwoman as well because those kind of scenes with bruce and her in the kind of galas and stuff well i wonder how much of because the marketing showed wonder woman pretty early but i wonder if they were kind of say because i see they do set it up so that it seems mm. like um because she's at these where all these sort of like high value mm. arts and uh, antiquities are i don't know if they were trying to sort of like fake out the audience until like she gets off that plane and the flight attendant shouts oh excuse me miss prince <laughs> and i don't know if audience if audiences were meant to go oh shit uh, but then um Obviously, she was front and center in the marketing because why wouldn't you show that you've got Wonder Woman in your film? Absolutely. But maybe the marketing was at odds with the filmmaker's intention there. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Like, like this. Yeah, it's. I I don't hate it as vociferously as uh, some people out there, and I don't think it deserves as much hate as it gets. I think I think the fight itself is good. You know, I think a lot of people complained about the length of it, but. I don't think as as much as we like I know I kind of get a bit sick of it myself sometimes like who would win out of swamp thing and man thing who would win out of this like I enjoy that who's faster the human torture angel I also get a bit fucking sick of it I was like whichever one the writer wants to win basically yeah. basically is that like if usually if they're guesting in the book they're going to lose yeah. a lot of the time if it's Punisher versus Wolverine Punisher will win if he's, if he's in his book or vice versa yeah um, I do get a bit sick of that and then you can't predicate 
the entire plot around that and you can't have an extended fight sequence because it's gonna get boring yeah it's gonna get dull like you know look at things like hulk versus wolverine and hulk versus thor the little mini animated movies they made they made them short for a reason yeah and even then the main plot the main villains and not each other. It's, yeah. There's always a, an overarching plot. So um, so I, I think you need that. And I, I, I think the length of the fight is, is long enough. I don't think you need any, 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 any longer than it already is. It shows that Batman is capable. It shows Superman is capable. And it, it crucially, it shows that Superman does try and reason with Bruce. But yeah. he's, he's both physically and psychologically got himself into a state where mm. he has had to dehumanize Superman because yeah. he's got that line, you know, you were never even a man. Yeah. He has to turn him into a problem, a thing, mm. because mm. that's the only way he can do what yeah. he does. And that's why I think, and I want to hear your opinions on this, but I, that's yeah. why the Martha, the infamous Martha moment, yeah. it works for me. Because, why did you say that name? Well, it, but the thing is, like a lot of people say, oh, he says their moms have the same name and they're instantly best friends. It's like, they're not best friends. No. That's not at all what the film is trying to do. Don't be disingenuous. No, no. Like, it's 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 showing, it's recontextualizing this alien, this thing, this potential monster, this monster in waiting. It's recontextualizing it as a him, as mm. a human, as yeah. a mum who yeah. will miss him. Mm. Uh, and, and the coincidence that, they, they have, have the same, same name yeah. means that he a he can relate to that that character more and mm. b it means he gets the chance to um to 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 save his save Re- Amartha yeah. which he never got to do before and one thing i want to before i forget i want to touch mm. on is toxic masculinity which i think this film uh does feature but very deliberately um and i think a lot of people at the time took it at face value and sort of read misogynistic uh or or toxic male subtext into uh in onto snyder um okay. and the film but sort of one of the big moments that um pops out to me is this idea of when the waynes are held up you see uh thomas wayne's fist clench mm. and he launched himself at joe chill and that's when he gets shot uh and i think it's that that idea of bruce has been programmed by that moment to respond to threat with violence yeah. and that's that's that is batman yeah. and you he, know and he says that he says that you know he compares himself to clark who's like i bet they thought you were this you know they gave you this they gave you everything they bet you thought they you were special that you're going to lift up humanity it's like i oh, got taught a different lesson my parents died in the gutter and and again that moment where they relate to each other on that because i mean technically con- continuity wise weirdly they do both have you know is in the continuity is in the comics that is correct um it's not something they just made for this film and i quite no. like that they reference that yeah in a way in a sense but no i i agree i think the the xenophobia of batman and the like i t- i told you this but i used to do kids parties when the film came out i went as batman and one of the kids went no, you're a baddie. Because <laughs> they saw they saw Batman, and you know he is framed more so. And I think Iron Man as well is slightly, slightly framed slightly more as a as a villain or antagonist than than necessarily a protagonist. Yeah. And, and they were like, "We want Superman. We don't want you." And I was <laughs> like, "And I was like, uh, and I, and then one of them said, I was like, "Oh, he's an alien." So I went with the whole xenophobic thing. I was like, "He's an alien. You don't want an alien in." And they went, "No, he's a Superman." I was like. I was about to like go like you don't know anything, kid. You, you don't, he's, he's, an, he's literally an alien. No, he's a man and he's super. 
Anyway, I'm getting paid for this. But, but conceptually, they're right. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. They are right. Conceptually, they're right. Well they're, done, kid. They're, they're not um, stupid. But um, but I like I like that it's a gristled, grim, dark. Like they were like it kind of it kind of goes. You want a dark Batman? You're getting a dark Batman. Yeah. You're getting the darkest Batman you've ever had. You're getting the most screen accurate Batman costume. You get the most screen accurate armored costume, which both look amazing. The two of my favorite Batman costumes on film, and I think Ben Affleck is great in the role. I like the voice thing, uh, the voice kind modulator. of modulator. I like that. And yeah, I, I, it, and, and again, it takes Clark because he is a symbol of hope. He is a symbol of what's right. And like you said, he does what's right because it's the right thing to do mm. at any point. And that's and that's what Martha's saying, and you know, and everybody else is saying. And he is, you know, he's changed. Batman is changed from that experience. But the, it's like, but both Civil War and BVS deal with this central thesis of doing the right thing has consequences. Yeah, and and if you do the if you do the right thing for the right reasons. People will still get hurt. People will still die, and that's why I love that moment with Jonathan in the mm. where, where he's talking about the Lang farm and the the horses dying. Mm. Yeah. Um. And, and just one thing I want to before again before I forget, going back to toxic masculinity, uh, Batman even has that line that's ripped straight out of the Dark Knight Returns. The world only makes sense when you force it to. Like mm. force is the only thing he understands, mm. and I think it's uh really really wonderful that women are the people who save in this film. So you've got yeah. Lois. Uh, you've got well, you've got very literally one like Diana coming and saving yeah. Batman mm-hmm. uh, and turning the tide of that fight, but also you have Lois um, saving both um, Clark and Bruce. So yeah. she physically saves Twice. Clark, yeah, Twice. yeah. And, but also she saves Bruce from crossing a line that he would have regretted for the rest of his yeah. life, you know. And 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 you know when the Dark Side invasion did come, yeah. <laughs> he would have been like, oh shit, I went and did that. Mm. Um, She's the key. She's the key. Well, she is the key, and I think. And and that's again, that's another thing that I think got misunderstood mm. um, because I, I did see people say, "Oh, so if Lois wasn't around, he'd instantly become an evil murderer." It's like, no, if Lois wasn't around, he'd be vulnerable, yeah. and that vulnerability is all it would take for Darkseid to Get apply in. the anti-life yeah. equation and and warp him into something else. Uh, and again, because that wasn't explained in dialogue, yeah. I think it went explicitly, over. yeah. And 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 because it is quite a relative deep cut, like a lot yeah. of casual fans won't understand the anti-life equation or how it works. Yeah. Uh, then I can see why that nightmare sequence would be jarring. Mm. Um, again, it's a it's a it's a criticism I understand. Sure, I don't share it. I mean, we could go on for the, just on this film alone. We really all could. day. Well, it's such a like, contentious film. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, so much but, to say uh, about we, it. We don't have time. We could talk about all the different characters. I love the Alfred in this, even though I'm not a p- particular fan of Jeremy Irons himself and his personal politics. I think he nails the Alfred role. Um, Lawrence Fishburne, again, as, as Perry White, um, I think is great and is hilarious as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's good. It's enjoyable. There's a lot to like about it. Again, it, not perfect, but no film is. But yeah, there's 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 moments I can take or leave. But I think for the most part, I I did enjoy revisiting it. I do I did enjoy uh, watching it with yourself and in spectacular 4K that mm-hmm. you've uh, treated me to this time as well. My pleasure. Right next up, Civil War. I don't need your Civil War. Yes. Well, actually, I do. You do. We I do. We do. We do. Well. <laughs> so, and again, I don't want to be one of these BVS fans that that like because again, we get a lot of 
Uh, I see a lot of criticism for Civil War, like, mm. uh, oh, it has no it has no real stakes. Mm. Um, the the everyone's pulling their punches in that warehouse. Uh, sorry, in the airport fight. Mm. Um, and but again, it's Avengers two point five, Avengers two point five. But it's very much a captain. And again, it it picks up from a lot of sort of thematic and narrative threads that come straight out of the Winter Soldier, and mm. that's that's something I really like. And I, even though I think. Cap is in the wrong in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I, I I really like how consistent the character feels, and I I think it really plays up to the man out of time thing. Of okay, well this guy Hitler wants to commit genocide. Mm. We're going to stop him. That's that you can you can get on board with that, and yeah. you can feel good about it. And you can feel jingoistic about it with mm. a relatively clean conscience. Sure. If you're reanimated in the 21st century mm. um, at the tail end of the war on at the yeah. tail end of the war on terror, mm. then it's a very different story. Mm. Um, and very, very complex world we live yeah, in. Yeah, and I think I think it you know for all the fact that it's a Disney property, I, I I think it actually it does go to some pretty ballsy places in terms of like sort of you know what what is what does this American symbol represent in our time? You know. Mm. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, obviously, with you know all credit to BVS again, this does have a leg up on BVS. Obviously, BVS is kind of jump starting the DC extended universe as it's called, and obviously this had several films up on it. Yeah, um, and, but, and a pre-established relationship between its protagonist and antagonist. Absolutely, yeah, protagonist well, and of, antagonist. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, again, it's uh, there's a lot of stuff set up in both films from the previous installment that we've mentioned. But what I really appreciate in this is if you look back and look at the journey of all the characters, um, you know, in all the films that came before, you can understand their reasoning from the sides they choose. Yeah. And, you know, I get that Natasha, after everything, would, you know, go to Tony's side. And I'm like, well, I know where Cap's going to go and we know where Bucky's going to be. But then, you know, where do these other characters fall? And and what, what... is it about them and if you if you think back and you go well what's happened before what happened to them and why would they feel this way and they've obviously taken the time and gone right the you know because arguably iron man's side is a bit more of a kind of the powerhouse team Mm. uh, as opposed to the kind of loner kind of rebels and what have you of cap side but they're supposed to be the underdogs anyway yeah so because that's what the whole story about is cap film and cap's always kind of the underdog in those stories and and yeah, I, th- I think it really works. I think the chemistry again is there, especially between um, between Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. Especially, I think if yeah. it wasn't there, the film would just would not work. Well, I think I think as well they have this relationship where you always want them to be friends yeah. because when they are friends, they do it very well. But they, they've always had a bit of a tumultuous relationship, and they've always had mm-hmm. ideological differences. And you know, like. As much as we can talk about what kind of a person Joss Whedon is based on his actions, yeah. I think that this line, this line of dialogue is, you know, everything special about you came out of a bottle. Mm. Is that's like, yeah, because of course, if you've if you've spent, you know, your every waking moment trying to be the best sort of engineer that you can be, and mm. to to come up with things that no one else has come up with, and invent yeah. technologies that. Uh, that no one else has come up with, and then if you get someone who has had all their advantage, you know, injected into mm. them, you, you know, it's like that Batman thing. You're gonna feel, you're gonna feel a little bit less special. You're gonna feel a little yeah. bit invalidated, and you're gonna feel a little bit resentful. Yeah. Especially when, as we see in Civil War, Tony has grown up 
without uh without love or warmth from his father mm. um who wouldn't shut up about captain america so mm. of course there's going to be like even if you know it's not logical there's going to be resentment deep yeah. down there yeah exactly and, and i think i think robert downey jr who is you know if he's charming as the day is long but i do think he's technically a great actor as well you know oh, yeah absolutely. he's like he's like someone like jack nicholson you know who's accused of being a personality rather yeah. than an actor but i do think he he he, he has spectacular range and i think we really do see that in this film and uh speaking of spectacular scenes um his scene with tom holland i think is is gorgeous yeah just like again like you take that batman scene out of the film and it's just like that's gold standard and i think him relating to this new peter parker laying it all out on the table getting the sense of that character before the big you know punch up and everything is just it's just a great little quiet again it's the quieter moments that i noticed this time around in both films it's yeah. the the more subtle like when um at the end spoilers for any of the films <laughs> it's probably <laughs> a bit too late but I, I imagine you've seen either one or both of these films even if you haven't seen the ultimate edition of bbs where tony howard stark recognizes the winter soldier as he kills him yeah that's again like we talked about um little moments having such power and that's mm. something that i I'd forgotten about it. It's been a while since I've seen Civil War. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's that was a little oof. Yeah. That was just a, a, a gut punch. It that was, I was like, because like, it's very muted, the sound. It's like, it's like Sergeant Barnes. Yeah. And it's like, it's question, because obviously he's, he's just been hit in the head and he's like confused and he looks at him. And obviously Winter Soldier. And what I like as well, and what makes it even more brutal is how casual the, the flashback at the beginning is. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just another mission. It's just casual. The red, you know, the Winter Soldier's just doing his thing. You know, he gets awakened by the by the words and everything, and and that's it. It's like bam, punched a car. That's it. Here's the thing that I got out of the car. Yeah, you think it's about the serum? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just like here's the serum. It's got the serum's good. Got you know, mission done, com- accomplished. But it's only the reveal at the end where you think that it only makes that flashback all the more colder. Yeah, and precise because that's kind of the the way the Winter Soldiers looked at it, because it's mm. like, this is my objective. I must complete the objective. It doesn't matter who gets in the way, what happens. And we don't see that because he's got no emotional connection to those people as yeah. the Winter Soldier, as as Bucky here clearly does. And, you know, you remember, there's a beautiful line in, in, you know, do you even remember them? I remember every single one. Yeah. You know, and, and that comes into play in the in the miniseries, the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries as well, where he's, mm. you know, he's taking care of, of the dad of the son he killed. Yeah, I really um, like that. Which I, is a really, another touching, I was hit and miss on the series itself but that was one aspect that i really enjoyed yeah, about it absolutely um and i just i think it's really really good and i, I think like loads of one of the complaints we had was uh for this film was that oh you know one of my friends said oh you know i don't buy bucky i don't buy that captain america would do all this for bucky and i went no he absolutely would because that's the foundation of this trilogy is yeah. bucky like without bucky there's no trilogy as well because that's his that's his grounding point that's his go to that's his best friend that's the only link he has to his former life becky's gone she yeah. she dies in this film you know and th- and that adds t- to the need for him to have Bucky in his life yeah. because that's it. That's everybody else is dead. Yeah. This is all he has. And this world is new, complicated. It's different. It's there's, there's nothing for him to relate to. And, and part of me did kind of want a little bit more in the Avengers of that, like, Oh, times have changed a bit, you know, without it being like, you know, I remember reading the ultimates and, uh, which is not my favorite comic, uh, by Mark Miller. Um, and he's, he's a little, 
hit and miss for me. But I remember like he sees Colonel Nick Fury, who is, you know, Samuel Jackson, he's black, and he's like, a black man can never get that rank. And, and I was like, ooh, yeah. And it's, I was like, mm, yeah, I'm glad they don't have moments like that. But I think there, there could have been a little bit more of the play on that in the Avengers. But but there you go. There's a, I knew there was a lot of Cap stuff they cut. But Cap is, I think Cap is a hard character to get right. And I think Chris Evans is, you know, we, we did a, I did a podcast quite a few years ago now about the best portrayals of comic book characters in live action. And Chris Evans, I think, gets the character. He does exactly what you want Cap to do and act like yeah. without losing that coolness. He's not this hokey, like, you know, finish your cereal. You know, even though there's that, <laughs> you know, even though there's that, like, in Homecoming, there's that, like, well... You've, you know, <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> the car, when he pulls up the chair and stuff, and you know, well, you've just had sex for the first time, that sort of thing. And uh, but I, I think he has a lot of fun with the role, but then stays within those stringent guidelines. Like I know, like Chris Evans, I know you said you know Ragnarok is here and there for you, you know, depending. But you know, Chris Hemsworth went kind of way off in a very different direction from what the previous character had been. Yeah, and and took it. It's still Thor, effectively, but they've gone okay. Let's let's amp up the comedy a bit, and uh, and that's fun as well in its own way. But like Chris Evans is still that cap from that first film, from the first Avenger. Yeah, there's no. It's still that character. He's been through a lot. You know, he swears he swears at the end, you know, towards the in end game and stuff, but he is still that character and I believe that. And I think again, that grounds this very over the top kind of big you know, you've got a giant man in this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a giant ant man, if you will. You know, and I think that you need that and you need that this kind of struggle and this problem, this this issue, and the fact that it gets so personal at the end and it gets so kind of you know, it's it's like Oh, it's like watching two friends fight. You're like you're gritting yeah. your teeth because it's just so uncomfortable to watch. But you can't and you can't turn away though. You need. Well, to I think it that's end. that's at the core of why a lot of people um, felt they could relate to Civil War much more than BVS because mm. you have Bucky as this uh, catalyst that makes it more personal than ideological. Like there yeah. is an ideological difference sure. there as well because it's all about the Sokovia Accords and this yeah. idea of superheroes having more accountability but the introduction of Bucky into it and him being responsible for the death of the Starks that makes it much more personal much more visceral yeah um and much more relatable so when you have that I mean you could argue that the airport fight is sparring and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong even though they're using guns and explosives and shit yeah um throwing planes at each other but then you've got this much scrappier fight between bucky cap and uh an iron man Mm. uh which does feel much more uh high stakes Mm. and and there are lasting stakes for that fight as well um and i think this this idea of um uh, of captain america sort of being this person who's used to being on the side of the status quo and he's just seen in The Winter Soldier what can happen when the status quo shifts mm, beneath yeah. you. The, the political landscape sort of shifts around you. And what you thought was, you know, what you thought was the unwavering, immutable word of the law and goodness mm. uh, is actually corrupted. Uh, and so, yeah, you understand that, well, yeah, it's all well and good making ourselves accountable, but but governments are run by people and people have agendas and agendas change. Mm-hmm. And and so I can I, I get this idea of like, well, what if we they want us to go somewhere and we can't? Yeah. What if people die because we were told, no, just, you know, sit on your hands or go here instead? But and at the same time, like, I like this idea of Tony Stark being who was you know, the original sort of privatist. In Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. he literally yeah, yeah. says, I've successfully privatized world peace. Yeah. 
uh, comes back to sort of like, no, 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 we need to be accountable to somebody mm. because, you know, we need to stop because of my personal guilt. Yeah, exactly. We need to stop done, this from happening. What you've done in your previous films, what's happened to you has informed this choice now and this change you're making and yeah. change you want to make for the world. And like like Age of Ultron, he wants to put a suit of armor around the entire world. Yeah. And, that, and, it's, and this is kind of sort of that in a yeah. way, in a sense. Because he's, again, very similar to Batman. So like he, the only solution he can think of to problems is to construct technological solutions to them as opposed to punching them you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but like uh, but that's consistent like and, and robert downey jr is so charming mm. uh you almost forget that he's drafting a child into a private army yeah. <laughs> which is kind of not okay which is which is something <laughs> batman likes to do a lot as well <laughs> but no I, I i totally agree and i and i I was saying this to you on the day as well that I think the I'm not a massive I like the idea of civil war more than actually like that that main storyline I like the the comic yeah the the overarching comic yeah and the tie-ins were actually more interesting and their takes on them than the main story itself I I think again it's like it's fine you know uh, it does what it needs to do Um, but I think because going into this I think because Robert Downey Jr. is the face of the MCU yeah you know it's like Wolverine it's like all of a sudden making Wolverine be uh, you know more kind of decidedly you know not as heroic as necessarily he initially was yeah and I think because people like Iron Man so much and they're a huge fan of Robert Downey Jr. and things I think they've softened him a little not sending people off to you know other dimensions and locking them up we're not they're not hiring supervillains and things like that uh, so I think they do soften it enough where it's kind of relatable so I, in a way I do think they improve on it somewhat yeah and and they make it a bit more like you know nobody nobody's the out and out villain in, in that Civil War comic Tony Stott was the out-and-out villain, really. Yeah. Um, and all the characters that kind of side with him. But in this, it is kind of cut down the line. And you understand, again, why they make the decisions they do and why they do what they do within it. Wasn't there a bit in the comic where um, where uh, Iron Man brings Punisher onto his team and somebody says, oh, was Han- Hannibal Lecter not available? No, no, that's, that's Captain America. Oh, is it Captain America? Yeah, because he, he brings Spider-Man's injured because he's he's defecting from Iron Man. That's right, He yeah. kills the two the villains that are going to kill Spider-Man, brings them in, and they're like, shit, the Punisher's here. And then... Um, and then the Punisher kills two villains in front of Cap and he starts right, beating yeah. him up and he's like, you never do this, you don't do this. And why don't you fight me back, fight back? And the Punisher says, not you, I won't fight you. Yeah, because he's a military man, isn't yeah, he? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, and as, as, as to- totally, you know, dichotomy-filled, you know, disparate two characters, he still has an appreciation for him. And, and after Civil War, after he, Captain America died, he actually dressed as him for a little bit to fight some neo-Nazis. But that, uh, and I think... Um, Speaking of the ending, like that's mm. one thing that's crucially different is uh, at the end of the comic, he turns himself in because mm. he looks around at the destruction yeah. that the fights cause. He's like, "Oh shit, no! I need to mm. be I, I need to be brought to heel for this." Yeah. Uh, whereas in the in the in the film, he kind of like goes on the run, which kind of makes sense because mm. it's, again, it's that idea of no, the safest hands are still our own. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, I think I think I do better when I'm autonomous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I think I think you're right. I think that ends better. And I also think 
BVS ends better for Superman's sacrifice. I mm. think I think the whole point of that story and the build-up, you need him to sacrifice himself in order to, for the world to miss him and to appreciate him. Yeah. And then when he comes back in Justice League, it's like, oh. You know, and even in Suicide Squad, there's lots of, like, people praying and there's merchandise yeah. and stuff. So within that universe, that had a real big knock-on effect in BVS. And again, so did this, all the, all the different stuff in this. I love Zemo as well. Yeah. I think Daniel Brühl is... He's what I expected Lex Luthor to be in BVS. Yeah. Like, he's dark, he's disturbing, he's intense. I also think they they do it with less screen time. They manage to get across his plan, his idea, and and it's a bit more understandable. Again, from the theatrical cut, I think now in the, in the Ultimate Edition, you get a bit more of that, but there's still a lot of scenes to kind of get there. Yeah. Um, but I think with Zemo, it's like you only need the handful of scenes that he's in um to get to that point um but- and i think it's very like generally it's very well paced i mean yeah. it's a swiss watch of a film in oh, terms absolutely. of like the amount of characters it's able to juggle and, and no one feels shortchanged and you're able to bring in spider-man and you're able to bring in t'challa yeah and 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 they have uh there's a reason for them to be there and uh, they've got yeah. they've all got an arc that is complete and that again like you said doesn't no one feels shortchanged you know ant-man's there you know and he's like I'm just happy to be here. And that's yeah. fine because that's very Paul Rudd to me. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and Hawkeye's there. He's like, oh, I was retired, but I'm back. Um, yeah. And again, you kind of you kind of welcome that and you want that. And I, I, I one of the criticisms as well from the comic to this was that, oh, there's not as many people and there's not as many things going on. There's not as many characters. It's not the full Marvel universe. And I was like, but this is enough. Yeah. This is manageable and it's crazy and it's weird enough. You know, you've got a, a, a giant cat man, you've got a spider man, you've got an ant man all going on. And it's still, you still believe it and buy into it and believe this universe, which I think is sometimes the hardest thing for the general audience to understand. Yeah. Is all these weird and wacky things that the comics do. Every time I explain a comic to somebody, they're like, what the fuck happened in the comic? Yeah. So weird. And I'm like, they are weird. Comics are weird. Comics are weird. (laughs) Hashtag comics are weird. But that's, Um, um, uh, uh, speaking of um, the the catalyst, because that's one of the main differences, is mm. the catalyst, I think, works much better when it's like a routine, because I love that sort of James Bond style cold open with this yeah. new Avengers team and they're, they're getting oh, the that. mission done but they're having this little banter over the radio mm. and I really love that and I love Elizabeth Olsen like wandering it up um, And uh, but I love this idea of um the the accident happens this this like huge catalyst yeah. where people die uh, just because for a fraction of a second someone lost control of this enormous power mm. whereas I think as I recall in the comic they were just like teenage superheroes being dickheads a little bit yeah it was like a it was, it was a version of the new warriors that were reality TV stars that's right yeah uh, and they speedball? fight yeah speedball and um and night thrasher and all the other ones uh Nova's not there he's off in space with the annihilation but um yeah they bl- and they kill a group of kids they kill a school yeah Nitro's a guy who can explode and reform and he blows up and kills a, a school a group of school kids and mm. and again there is that scene where there's a mother much like in this film yeah that confronts iron man because doesn't yeah because doesn't she throw an iron man action figure at yeah, him yeah. and spit in his face yeah uh, at the kid's funeral as i recall yeah that's right that would have been that that's one thing i would like to see i would like to see her like you know 
But yeah. he's the her like Alfred Woodard's yeah. character would like to see her throw a an Iron Man figure, but like his some her someone's kind of college age, yeah. so it wouldn't really make sense. But I, I think the intensity of that really works that scene, and, and it's we did, a beautiful little moment as that's well. That's another yeah. that's another comparison as well. That the 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 characters that are involved in those big massive kind of um, you know colossal events and destructive events are confronted by victims of those events. So yeah. you've got Wally and BVS without his legs, and he's lost his family, and you've got Alfred Alfred Woodard with her son, and confronts that. So, so again, there are those similarities between the two films. And again. I think it works better than the comic in Civil War because it's the fallout of something that Tony Stark was there for. Mm. Uh, so I think it, it, it makes much more sense for him to be willing to take extreme measures like recruiting a child. Mm. Um, you know, it makes it... Plot, like it's it's I think the film could have done more to sort of like question the moral implications of what Tony's doing mm. um in building this team, but I think I think it does a good job of sort of like showing why he's suddenly so zealous yeah. about bringing the Avengers. I was gonna under- say, I was gonna use that word to describe Batman as well. The ze- the zealotry of of Batman and and Tony Stark, but again they they both realize their mistake. It's yeah. not like they just go, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. They go, no, because it's constantly questioned and people questioning them throughout yeah. just to make sure they're like, you're not just doing this because you're doing it. You're doing like, you're not just going to like Cap and Superman are going to do the right thing because they're going to do the right thing. Mm. But Tony and Batman aren't doing the wrong thing because they, they're doing the wrong thing. It's, it's an approach in a way and it is questioned and, and discussed. And, I, and like you said, I think it is quite, mature storytelling in both like Mm. it's not just like here's batman punching the joker again or here's spider-man swinging or anything it's like genuinely and that's what i like i like the real words world stakes and i like the the political kind of discussion the ideological discussion is really really and the the use of power and when you know power is abused and when it's not used correctly i think in both films, they do address that in really mature and intellectual ways, yeah. which is not often something you see in big blockbuster Hollywood cinema. Yeah, and and I think I think with Civil War, it's one of those. I think it does the best sort of job. It has the best tonal balancing yeah. act. Yeah. Um, because I think the the themes come across very well. The more mature themes, mm. the uh, the the little nuances of performance are great. Uh, but the 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 jokes when they do come, they do actually all land. I don't mm. think any of them really feel cringy, which yeah. is a problem. I think when we get to the latter half of Phase Three, for me personally. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say like another one of the criticisms of the MCU is that these. Uh, more dramatic moments are often undercut by the humour. Thor <laughs> Ragnarok. <laughs> but I think in this film, if if anything, they go against it. And it, mm. if anything, it is a more similar tone to BVS, where it's not as jokey and it's not as like, oh, this is just fun or, you know, there's lots of gags. There is humour to it. Yeah. There's, you know, there's humour in BVS as well, um, you know, where there is some. But it, it takes it very seriously. It takes the 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 tone, the story. You know, Zemo's story alone is horrific, and yeah, like, and and dark and really disturbing. And I like this idea of um, he's sort of like a special forces unit that's clearly had to do some morally questionable stuff in the name of service, and yeah. so that's why he has this skill set where he's not above using torture, you know, or the threat of drowning to to solicit information. Mm-hmm. But he's very very specific about like he doesn't particularly want. 
he doesn't take pleasure from this. He doesn't want to do it. Mm. He'd rather not if he can possibly avoid it. Exactly. But at the same time, he has absolutely no compunctions about getting his hands dirty. Uh, yeah, he's a really good villain. Yeah, I think it, I, I'm so glad they brought him back for for Winter Soldier and Falcon, and I hope they bring him back again. Um, another comparison is that there's two terrorist attacks on big political like embassies or whatever you want to call them, yeah. political buildings in both films, and which again forwards the story and moves the plot along as well. Um, and and it's heart and it's heartbreaking. I think again that adds a sense of realism as well to these kind of daring do superheroics that you know there is a cost and a consequence and yeah. and you can see people and you know and and uh, you know <laughs> much like the audience would BVS that people are very critical of Superman in BVS. Yeah. Like like they're like, well he just flew away. I can't believe he just flew away after helping people. Yeah. It's like well, well yeah, what else can he do? He got them all out. The one of the weirdest criticisms I ever saw was um you know when there's the family that's on their rooftop and they've painted the Superman mm. logo on yeah. the roof and the woman like reaches up to him mm. um and he's just kind of floating in the air. And and I saw someone say, why didn't they show him like rescuing her? It's like, well, so many reasons. One, it's like showing the iconography. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's, it's him. It's Zach adding his sort of like art history background to yeah, the yeah. composition. But also like... What do you think he's gonna do, you tits? He's not. He's not gonna be like. He's not gonna just float there it. for a second and like. Just look <laughs> at it. Just look at it. Just look at it for ages. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of kind of stupid kind of criticisms, and I think I think what you were saying earlier. I think you know there's bad takes on characters, and I think within these films, like like you were saying with the cap thing, like oh, all the good things about Cap are in a bottle. That is what a fan would say, mm. like a really negative, toxic fan, or like Superman's not relatable, he's too powerful. That's that's somebody, again, I'm not gatekeeping, but that's somebody who really doesn't get the character mm. or get what they represent. And I feel like, like there is that. And I feel like, you know, some people will mistake Captain America for like jingoism and, and the stuff. Like one of my... I can't believe it, I have to say this, but when Winter Soldier and Falcon came out, a load of people were like, John Walker isn't Cap. And I went, yeah, that's the whole fucking point of that character, you idiot. He's supposed to be a bad replacement. He's an awful replacement. That is the point of why that character was created. And they're like, can't even even, wear the same boots, can't believe he's he's carrying that shield and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, that's the fucking point. That's what they're trying to do and say. Like, they're just taking it on a literal thing. I saw a meme today as well where... It's it's just people explaining the like the subtext of the film to me, where yeah. it's like it's like at the end when uh, when Captain America is fighting uh, Thanos in Endgame, he doesn't know that all the people are going to come in and and the cavalry is going to save him. He just knows that he's got to stop Thanos and he's going to try it anyway. And I was like. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it in the fucking <laughs> film. Why do you have to explain that to me? I don't think I don't think our sensibilities lend themselves well to decoding subtext no. in this era. No, really maybe don't. not. Maybe not. But that's. I was just like, why? Why are you telling me? So I remember the same with the Avengers came out where the you know where Loki's in Germany and he's saying everyone's got to kneel and the old guy stands up and says I don't kneel to people like you and never have. Yeah. And someone was like. Wow, he was talking about World War Two and Hitler. Oh shit, really? Oh really? <laughs> Fucking hell, I didn't know. Fuck's sake. Just some people. Anyway, Civil War is good. Yes. It is a good film. It is a good it film. Is, is fun funny this is. Um obviously constant 
uh, podcast desk guest Dennis, he doesn't care for either of these films, funnily. That's interesting. I've never known anyone yeah. to not particularly care for yeah. either. And he's a big Superman and Batman fan specifically, and he loves the MCU. And yeah, he just doesn't care for either of them. For okay. it, didn't, it didn't really go into any detail about it. It's just like, uh, and I was like, fair enough. That's 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 your opinion. But yeah, I I think I think Civil War, like you said, it's. It's. I don't know how. The, I don't know how the MC managed to do this because that's always the problem in like Spider-Man films. There's too many villains. There's too many characters. There's too many arcs. Too much stuff going on. Yeah. But MCU have shit tons of characters and shit loads of stuff going on. Mm. Even though it does have the benefit again of multiple films. And I think that's it. I think they have less to establish. Yeah. Uh, and they know that the audience will go in having primed themselves. Mm. Probably by rewatching Winter Soldier True. or or uh, the Last Avengers yeah. or. or and I think I think they do a good job of sort of building what they assume the audience already knows. And and I also think that the MCU has much less heavy lifting to do in terms of um, battling people's preconceptions of these characters because the MCU, a lot of people uh, will come to these knowing nothing about the characters other than what's yeah. been established in the MCU law. No, that's right. They yeah. won't be coming into this thinking, well, that's not the comic book Iron mm, Man or that's yeah. not, which, you know, like, I d- I've not read an awful lot of Iron Man, but I, I do remember reading Iron Man comics from before 2008. Mm. And Robert Downey Jr. does bring a lot of his own stuff to the role, sure, which yeah. then... I think sort of bled into the comics. Yeah, yeah. Would you would you as more of a Marvel zombie agree? Yeah, I think I think I think I mean there's a lot of that character already established within the comics and and his you know his like alcoholism and his problems and his you know PTSD or whatever you want to call that. Um I think there's a lot of that but I think Robert Downey Jr. added his own personal experience with, you know, substance abuse and everything yeah. and what he's been through. And, you know, and it's almost, you know, it's kind of like a Mickey Rourke wrestler role for, for Downey Jr. Yeah. It's almost like a massive comeback. And, you know, he's, you know, he's pulled himself up and he's reformed. And yeah, it's, it's not unlike a Tony Stark story. And when they cast yeah. him, I went, actually, that's good casting. Yeah. Even back in 2008, I went, I know about Robbie Downey Jr. I know about the story. I know about the history. So I was like, actually, that'll work. And I and I said, if they ever do Demon in a Bottle, he'll he'll do it. But yeah. they, they didn't really do that. But they, I, I don't think they really needed to because no. I think I think as much as I still think that Iron Man 2 is the weakest MCU film. It's not all right. Uh, yeah. When we, but, when we re-watched it for Notify, I went, actually, yeah, it's not yeah. as bad as I remember. But I do think it kind of... Um, uh, let, it didn't specifically mention alcoholism, but it did kind of lean into this idea of like he's he's lapsing back into that yeah. hedonism. He's buying into his own hype, and mm. it's coming at the detriment of his sort of uh, his his um, relationships with the people closest to him. Absolutely, um, especially sort of like Pepper and Rhodey. Um, speaking of Rhodey, um, we were, we were having this conversation mm. of should he have died in this film. Mm. I, I like Don Cheadle, I like War Machine. Again, I've got friends who aren't really particular fans of, of that character. Um and they do they do think he should have died. I think dramatically, I think because of the amount of superheroes involved. But again again it's that balance because again you don't want to make Cap look like a villain or or Falcon or someone like that look like an absolute villain unless you're gonna actually make them a villain. Mm. Um but then, you know, you do need some kind of stakes. And I think one of the, like, I think Marvel do a really good job with their trailers and their promotion, unlike someone like Sony mm. uh, or, or Warner Bros. to a lesser extent. But, but they shouldn't have put War Machine being injured in the trailer. Yeah. Because everyone went, right, he's either da- he's, he's dead or he's going to be dead or he's going to be heavily injured. So we all knew that was coming. 
Yeah. So unfortunately, I think they kind of they screwed the pooch on that moment because mm. I think that was a devastating, worrying moment. And the and again the disdain in Stark where Falcon comes up and he's like, "I'm really sorry, I didn't mean for that." Yeah. Just doesn't even look at him, just like you know, repulsor rays him to bits. See that got that got laughs when I saw it in the cinema. I was like, "Oh, that's no, no, I, don't like that. I don't like I don't that." Like that. No. But um, but one but one thing I will say is when when he was falling yeah. and he and Falcon sort of like swoops and he doesn't quite mm. get to him in time. Yeah, the the audience was silent yeah. in that bit, and I thought I thought that worked really well. I think I think I I wouldn't want to 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 see him die no. necessarily. No, but um, like you said, I think if he'd been paralyzed and not be mobile again, like mm. you know, so soon. twenty minutes later. Yeah, uh, and obviously more time has elapsed since then, and it's mm. clearly showing that he you know he's doing physio. He's but. Yeah. He, he, at the same time now you know from uh infinity war onwards he's got like magic magic back brace yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> that no, makes no, him perfectly kind of mobile again. a lot of hand waving with that um yeah. but yeah I, I i do i do think if he was just you know he was on life support or something like that at the very least yeah and, and we didn't see him from a couple of films or something and then and then we see him kind of limping or he's got a cane or something yeah i would have been fine with that but yeah i don't think it was like i, I feel like that I feel like they needed that for Tony to not feel as bad as he does later on, almost. Yeah. He kind of needs someone to say, I would have done that anyway, I'll follow you, because it was the right thing to do. I know it's the right thing to do. Yeah. I don't regret my decision. I'm a soldier. I do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I will follow orders, and, and that's and that's what he did. But I, I kind of agree. I think that was probably one of the things that probably needed to change within the script. But I think it's great. I think the whole thing is very well balanced. I think the characters, again, the acting superb. I'm going to, the acting character, the category is going to be really hard to, uh, to choose between these two. Um, but yeah, I, I think it might be time for us to get there. I think, are you ready? Yep. Here we go. Um, if I could just say something. Shut the f*** up, Hope, man. No one's coming to the theater for you. They're coming for me, the tortured badass who uses his company's technology to- Yeah, this is totally the same thing that we're doing, except, you know, we're doing it good instead of the way that you're doing it, which is awful. No, it's not the same at all, because you see, my father- Uh, let me guess, he died tragically, and the trauma that resulted shaped your entire life. Same Z's. God damn it. We also uh, built up to this moment over the course of years and multiple films by fleshing out both characters and our relationship with one another. It looks like you're just opening with this. If I might interject for a moment. No one asked you! Oh, man, I'm still with garbage! And we're back for our comparison. So we've been building to this for some time. Years, hours, days, weeks, all of existence. Here it is. We finally decide which film and which heroes did a better job of telling us how to be superheroic. I'm excited. <laughs> and so you should be. And so you should be. Um, but yes, so first category, as you well know, Dan, for our comparison is the writing. So which film out of BVS or Civil War has the best writing. Ooh, okay. So this is... Uh, I don't know. We might put our heads over this a little bit. Uh-oh. Because um, I think there... I I know a lot of people out there will say that BVS is poorly written or that it doesn't understand the characters or what makes them special uh, or that uh, the plot makes no sense. Um <laughs> 
But I, I think there are some really, really wonderful uh, moments. There are some really wonderful lines of dialogue. I think Lex's dialogue is very clever and well written. I like his wordplay. Um, ooh, I, I. Mm. But at the same time, I think um, Civil War is uh, incredibly well paced uh, as a script. I think it. I think it, it balances the characters and their motivations very well. Um, oh come on! You've got to have an opinion. Is, is it just on me? Have I got to? Have I got? No, to no, you're not. Out? You're not. You're not purely deciding. We both decide. So I, I, we do it kind of a point system. So if you, if we agree, or if you, if you have a certain opinion, we can we can okay. do it that way. Um, but usually it's kind of I I make a decision and you make a decision on both on every category. Okay. And then we kind of tally it up at the end. Um, again, I do have some tiebreakers if if neither of us will budge from our positions. Um, I will say that. I think in regards to the villains, the writing of the villains, I think there's a lot more explicit with Lex. Like, he's very verbose and he's constantly explaining and talking and talking and talking. But I think, like, with Zemo, it's almost what he doesn't say. Okay. And it's more that intensity and that brooding and it's his actions speak louder than his words. Um and I'm sure we'll get onto that with the acting as well. But I, I just think in regards to that part of the writing, that one is again, like I said, there's less steps to that plan as well. Mm-hmm. It, and and they and they, I think you you coined the word a lot of the time, like brevity. Yeah, I think the Zemo's plot and plan makes more sense while also having less to explain and less to do with it. Um, and I think that's one of the strengths of that particular bit of writing. They just managed to get all those ideas across without, you know, loads and loads of exposition or dialogues. I did this and I figured this out and I did this and placed that. Again, there is a lot more of that in the in the Ultimate Edition. Yeah. There is a lot more of the kind of... And that's what I like about the Ultimate Edition. It's The plan makes a bit more sense and you can see the, the small little details of how he manipulates all the chess pieces yeah I think, um, I think fundamentally the difference between the two scripts is one is about um deconstructing to reconstruct hmm. uh while the other is um building on what has already been constructed and then deconstructing it yeah um so I, i'm bvs uh, definitely has the harder job it's doing more heavy lifting with the writing because you're introducing not only a new Lex, you're introducing a new Batman, mm-hmm. a new Alfred, you know, all that, the connection between Gotham and Metropolis just being over the harbour, which I quite like as an idea. I quite yeah. like that they're two very different locations, but still very similar and close at the same time. And I, that's what I like in a good superhero crossover. You've got to sow the seeds for the Justice League. Yep. You've got to, like, nod at an impending yeah. threat that's coming. Exactly. You've got Wonder Woman. You've got... T- and. And again, the, I feel like it's it's got the harder task out of the two for the writing. And I think that's probably why when it was cut for the theatrical cut, people are like, they're just ham-fisting stuff in, the emails and the, yeah. all the characters and the cameos and, and Darkseid and Steppenwolf and Wonder Woman and all this. Like, it can be a, a bit much. But again, they are... I, I, you know, credit to them for doing it because I still think they do it in a in a in a good way. Again, I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's seamless, um, but I think they do a, a decent enough job that it sets the stage for Justice League and the further films. Yeah, there's enough there. Uh, as brief as it is, Civil War has had that already. Yeah. So again, you can, they can just be like, "This is the story. We don't need to go what Batman's done or how he's there and why he's cruel and you know what Lois is up to and all this other stuff." 
Um, it's, it's a tough one. All of these categories would be insanely tough anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to concede that while BVS had a harder task, mm. um, Civil War, Civil War script works and flows better um, mm. regardless of which cut we're talking about. Sure. Um, and I, I think... I think if a script's doing its job well, mm. you don't really think about it. Yeah. It just seems like we're, we're, we, we've got a window on mm. events that are just happening, mm. um, sure. which I think Civil War does do very well. Yeah. I th- and like you said earlier, with the balancing, they do balance all of these dis- disparate elements quite yeah. well. And I, I don't necessarily think BVS does it quite as well. However, like I can still appreciate the script. I'm not like like David Goya is hit and miss for me. I think as a writer, I think some stuff he does is amazing, and then other stuff is like Ghost Rider. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's like things like that, and I'm like, okay. You I think know. the I think the script is more Chris Terrio than David oh, yeah. Goya. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think I think that's probably to its strength. And I've I've, I've forgotten because there was something that David Goya wanted to have that uh, Chris Terrio cut out. But okay. I can't remember what it is now. Mm. It's going to bug me, but like, um, it, it was something more extreme, basically. Oh, okay. Got. Think, like aggressive think, and dark. Yeah, I think and... pertaining to Batman as well. But okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. Fair um, enough. But yeah, I'm 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 happy to I'm happy to give this one Civil War because I know that there's 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 categories that are coming where yeah. I think BBS is going to mop up. So okay. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> not, fair enough. Not, not, I'm not being like I'll let you have that one. But yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> you're not, willing. To you're not giving me a pity victory, Dan. <laughs> no. 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 I'm um, willing to concede. Yeah. Like I, I like you're like you and I, you're more of a DC guy. I'm more of a Marvel guy. You know. Uh, but I don't dislike DC, and you don't dislike Marvel. No, I love Marvel. Exactly. And th- this is all good <laughs> shit. Like both films are are good are good films and they do a lot of things right and you know i think there is a bit more uh, yeah just what's good is when somebody makes something seem effortless yeah and i think civil war does that better than bvs that it's it's not again it is having to do that heavy lifting but again you don't it's still doing civil war is still doing its own heavy lifting oh for sure yeah and you know establishing and growing that universe already exists but you don't notice it as much, or it doesn't feel as I don't want to, not ham fisted. But it's not as evident mm-hmm. that they're doing. This is what they're doing to do this to set up this film and Thanos coming and all this and the divide and what have you. So, yeah, I think I think Civil War takes the cake on that one. I fair think play, fair I play. think so. We can both agree on that. So that's one point to Civil War each. Okay. So next category is acting. 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 So, like I was saying earlier, that both both of these films I think show some very like this is actors in the top of the, absolutely in the top of their game. Mm. All the characters are done, um, you know, like even 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 Eisenberg is acting his tits off. Yeah, you know I, whether you like it or not, he is acting his absolute tits off. Yeah, and uh, I think there is because that's not that's not you can't look at him and saying he's coasting through that performance because no. he's making very specific choices. Oh yeah, absolutely. And whether whether or not they work for you, Lex Luthor isn't this version of Lex isn't supposed to be charming, and no. I think a lot of people were expecting charming, suave Lex. Mm. But this is this is just that little shit you just want to punch. <laughs> this smug little um, sob. Yeah, and who's, who's just who's just so uh, again like he's never he's never needed to bother to learn social skills. Mm. He's been surrounded by yes men all his life. Mm. You know, he's been always he's been free to let his prejudices prejudices just sort of like fester mm. uh in his mind so i think i like for all the fact that i 
I, I'm, I'm, con- I'll concede that it doesn't work for everyone. I think, I think it's, it's a good performance. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. it, I don't think it meets the metric for a bad performance. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a bad. It's not my Lex or what I would want from a Lex, but it's, it's still a performance. It's a good performance. Like he's doing exactly what he was cast to do. Yeah, like that is the that Lex is designed to be that exactly that and written to be that like yeah. that. And he delivers. He he hits his mark as an actor. Um, you know, again the smaller like I was looking at the smaller roles when we were watching it this time with Holly Hunter and Lawrence Fishburne and and Jeremy Irons and that even they're absolutely nailing. Again, even in their small screen time, exactly what they need to do. I think with Lawrence Fishburne as uh, as Perry White, you really get that. Even when he's being mean to mm. Clark, you do get that that sort of love. Mm. Again, it's that sort of like tough big brother. Yeah, kind of he's thing. like making fun of him, and like he's a bit boring or a bit bland and like milk toast kind of guy. I love that because I and I, I love the bit where sort of like Lois is kind of uh, going back and forth in mode of like what kind of like legroom she gets on her flight to mm. Washington DC. Yeah, <laughs> and, and but then when the shit goes down and and, and she's like, I need I need a chopper, yeah. and it, it's not for a story. Yeah, and and I I can't imagine that's cheap for no. and, and I imagine that newspapers. Uh, in the digital age, are sort of like scraping for every penny that yeah. you get. So well, he, like, he says, you know, he says nobody reads newspapers yeah, anymore, doesn't he? Yeah, and we can barely afford a bicycle. So mm. I, I appreciate when he's like, "Get me a chopper," yeah. <laughs> you know, and he just, he just does yeah. it, like because because yeah, exactly. she needs him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Amy Adams. Just uh, yeah. faultless. I, I don't at all understand the criticism that she doesn't do anything, or she's. I've seen some people say that Amy Adams is miscast. I think um, she's a great Lois Lane. I yeah, think. I, I think again, like I said, this version, the Ultimate Edition. You know, I can understand what they're saying in the in the theatrical cut. I get because a lot of her stuff has been left on the cutting room floor. Mm. A lot of that, her arc and her storyline is that kind of digging up the the dirt on the specific bullet and things. Um, so I kind of get it a little bit there. But in the Ultimate Edition, it's all there. It's all yeah. it's all there for you to see. The performance and, is there. And the 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 one thing I really liked about in the Ultimate Edition is when she goes into uh, Wallace Keefe's apartment and she figures out that he didn't know he was going to die mm. because he just bought groceries. And the, I know that's more writing than performance, but like, sure. and, and the thing about how um, the wheelchair was lined with lead so that Superman wouldn't see mm. the bomb, that was that was all like cool little things. But um, I think that, again, I see people say that um, Amy Adams and Henry Cavill don't have chemistry and I just... I, don't agree at all i think mm. i think i think they are you know a professional couple in the in the sort of early to middle stages of their relationship sure. who are finding their way and and yeah i think it's i think it, her arc across mm. man of steel bvs justice league is i, th- mm. I think it's great um yeah. i i can't i can't think of a bad performance in the film at all even yeah. like the uh, the lesser characters like yeah. Callum Mulvey as uh, as as uh, Anatoly Knizhev, mm. um, Mercy Graves, um, Mercy Graves, Wally the guy the guy yeah. in the wheelchair, Scoot McNary, Kahina Ziri. yeah, it's all good stuff. It, it is good. It's good. Like they they all again they're all doing what they need to do. And and again, Bat- Batman. I think I think Ben Affleck is you know um, say what you want about the writing. I think Ben Affleck is a serious contender for like best on-screen batman i think I, I, you know he's 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 one of my favorites yeah definitely. I, i'm not i'm not one of these who likes to like it happens every week who's your favorite batman who's your favorite joker and I, i'm not one for that i'm not like who's your favorite spider-man i don't i don't care they're all good in their own different ways the films are all good in their own ways and they have good moments in in everything every adaptation has some some merit um but for me he looks the part the costume is great you know, and he brings what 
I would expect from a Dark Knight Returns style yeah. Batman, almost like bordering on the fascism a little bit Burnt as well. Out, cynical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think I think he's great. I think um, I do think Hen- Henry Cavill. I, I really do want to see a, a, a Man of Steel sequel because I, I do think he's got more to to do with that character. I would like to see more Henry Cavill Superman. I know it's always up in the air whether he'll come back or not or mm. whether he's too busy or is he getting more offers elsewhere but I would I would genuinely would like to see him in you know maybe a sequel of Brainiac or something like that would be amazing I'd be I'd be well interested in seeing something like that because I I think I think he's not necessarily had as much of a chance to get to grips with this version of the character but I I, I like the, the work he's done already still but yeah. I think I think there's something I think he can there's there's an opportunity to gravitate and to to have his cake and eat it, his well, Superman and and like because he loves the character, he's he's invested in that character. And Justice League, like the this whole like Man of Steel, BVS Justice League, it was all about getting him to that point where he's earned his status as the sort of like the iconic, the sort yeah. of comic book accurate Superman that everyone's clamoring to see. Mm. But like the whole point was to make him have to go through these like trials mm. uh, and, and, and moments of self-doubt to get there. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a lovely performance. I think mm. it's very nuanced. I think, mm. I think it, it, it's very difficult to act in, like act through that suit. So mm. it's not like, like so the, so that suit can easily wear yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he wears it and he acts through he's it. Got, and- he's got a lot of physical, like both him and Affleck have a lot of physical presence. And even in, even those little moments, like um, the, the little moments between Lex mm. and Superman of sort of like, I don't know how to lose. You'll learn. Yeah, just those little bit that, that just give you little yeah. flashes of the little moments. Sort of classic. Like, um, like I said, that scene with that one scene with Lex and Holly Hunter and the painting being hung upside down and that's stuff. Amazing. That's an amazing scene. Um, just and again, it's the quieter moments that I really appreciated this time. The acting, the acting, I really appreciated um, as well. But again, we're talking a bit too much about BVS. Civil Wars acting is very good as well. I can't think of a bad performance in Civil War. I, I can't. Um, you know, the the lovely touching moments between Wanda and Vision are so cute, and 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 you believe that they would get to the point where they are in in game when they're in a relationship from just from these little moments. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that's too much of a. No. I really like that. They just lay the seeds for that really, really well. I think uh, I think they do have great, great. I mean, we, we obviously know how tragic that relationship yeah. will become. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think um, Elizabeth Olsen is uh, one of the sort of like I don't, I won't go as far as to say she's overlooked, but mm. she's, unsung heroes. Uh, yeah, but I think she's she's definitely one of the. She gives one of the best performances across the MCU. Yeah. I think as oh, Wanda. Yeah. Oh god, and, yeah. and I think we're going to see like that go to some really special places in the next Doctor Strange. I can't wait. Um, to Ch- I think T'Challa's great as well. Uh, Patrick yeah. uh, Chadwick, sorry, T- Chadwick Boseman, who's no longer with us, unfortunately. He brings so much gravitas and importance and kind of grace to to such a new character yet there's there's so many levels he's playing the vengeance aspects and the you know the political stuff and the the heritage of wakanda and everything and there's a a quiet strength to him oh yeah in civil war especially at the start and and all the way through really Mm. because when when he does reach that like you know that mournful vengeful sort of place he's not like it's not like crying and garment rending it's very Mm. quiet very nuanced uh, but also mm. very determined. Uh, obviously, Scarlett Johansson, yeah. consistently mm. excellent. 
Um, we talked Rob about we talked Jr., yeah. consistently excellent. Chris Evans consistently, consistently excellent. excellent. Jeremy Renner, you know, uh, you know, Paul Rudd. I'm always happy to see in anything. Yeah, Tom Holland is great again in bringing it, bringing this very young, inexperienced, inexperienced Spider Man uh, to the screen, and one that is actually like you know as close to a young person as possible, as close to like a 15, 17 year old. Yeah, and making it believable and and not stupid and not feel like a you know like a I don't know, like a, a kind of a, a bad version of Robin or something. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot, there's a lot again, a lot heavy lifting there. It's a t- this was another tough one. Um, I, like, I like, I really, and again, we, you've mentioned it before, but I yeah. really love that uh, that little scene in Peter's bedroom, yeah, where um, and just that little bit where he sort of like webs uh, Tony's hand yeah. to the doorknob, mm. and he's like, just, just don't tell, I'll I'll do it, just don't tell Aunt May, and he's like. <laughs> All right, Spider Man. Yeah, and it's like I, I, he he like okay, I mm. get it. You are you are you might be fifteen year old years old, but I can see yeah you are potential. Yeah, yeah, mm. I can see you are Spider Man, and I think you've earned that name and that mantle. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, can we call this one a draw? Okay, we'll call it a draw because I I, I I just it's yeah it's a draw for that one. So okay, so that's technically three to Civil War, and one to BVS so far technically, but okay, we'll call it we'll call it that. Um, Wait. Two, two to Civil War. Two to Civil War. Yeah, two to Civil War, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So two to Civil War, one to BBS. So uh, next is, uh, I believe it's music, yes. Uh, this is going to be a quick one for me. Yeah. It's, it's BBS. It's BBS. It's, it's yeah. BBS all the way. Again, beautiful lie, the theme. Um, I Like I was saying, it goes above and beyond, so I, I remember it yeah. with with Civil War. It's I, I, I've heard it in all of the other Avengers films. Yeah. I've heard that same sort of music. Um, like you said, I don't think Cap's theme, theme is necessarily in that film, maybe. I'm no. not sure if we hear it. I don't even know who does the score for Civil War. And I, but I'm going to have to look it up. Sorry. But, but, that, but that is kind of telling, though. We know it's Hans Zimmer. We know it's Junkie XL because it is such an incredible score. And uh, just just off the Wonder Woman theme alone... You know, it's I can't I can't really argue for civil war at all. No. So and I think I think BVS does such a great job of um like continuing and recontextualizing the themes from Man of Steel. Mm. I love how Lex Luthor's theme is an inversion of the Superman theme. That yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be it's, it's got to no be BBS. Brainer. No no brainer. Sorry sorry the composers of uh, of Civil War. I'm gonna have to look that up because it's yeah. gonna bug me. Not to worry. Well, while you look that up, let's go on to our our next category, which is cinematography. Um, so, which film looks the best, Dan? Which film stands up to that 4K? Oh, it's uh, Henry Jackman who does the sorry Henry who does the score for uh, Captain America: Civil War. Ah. Um, Related to Hugh Jackman, <laughs> possibly not. <laughs> but, um, I, I, it's not to say the Civil War score is bad. No, it's just it's one of those things when it's doing its job well. Yeah, you don't know it's exactly. doing anything at all exactly. unless but, it really, really does something that stands out. Exactly. And I think, I think if if she, if is she with you? It was the only track in that score, mm. and it still win. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. So cinematography. So who has uh, who has what film has the best look? So when we're talking about cinematography, we're not just talking about like I think. Sometimes people like just think color grading. Uh, no, no, but obviously no, no. it's yeah. like shot composition. Yeah, exactly. And and, and just the, the the mise en like how it captures the the, yeah. the mise en scene and tells a story visually. Uh, again, I think this. Um, I think for me, BVS hands down. 
Um, mm. I don't at all get the criticism that it's an ugly film or that it's like it is dark. It is um, dark. I, I did still notice the darkness even when we watched it. You know, in the very dark room in the well, 4K. Well, I think I think with the 4K as well because it's got high dynamic range. The dark yeah. is dark. It's really very dark, dark, and yeah. the light is really light. So when when mm. you get to the end fight where there's like heat vision going off all over yeah. the place, and you've got reds and greens, and they really pop. Yeah, true. Um, true. Uh, though that said, like I know Civil War is one of those films where especially the airport scene where everything's sort of like grey cloudy mm. skies and grey concrete. People like are very mm. quick to point to that and it's go like look muted it. colours. Yeah and, yeah. and 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 look it looks it looks shit. Um but I think I think what really surprised me actually was um how much the four K and the HDR lends to um because we watched it on Disney Plus and mm. uh, and I don't think I've seen it before in that format. Mm. Uh and I I do think that elevates the look of the film. Mm. Uh like the the colours are a little bit richer, especially on the red on Spider Man suit. Yeah. Uh, really pops. Um uh, I, I really like that version of uh, that's costume design, but I really like the version of Cap suit. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it's spot on. it's 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 not an ugly film by any means, but yeah. I, I think for me, uh, BVS is the clear winner. I think it's just uh, Larry Fong is a is a great cinematographer. I think he he tells a story with with light and framing, and I think you can see the um, in the Superman rescue scene and with the death of Superman, you can see Zack Snyder's art history background reflected yeah, yeah. in there. Um, uh, like there's so many uh, shots from BVS you can hang up on your wall, um, mm. and. Whereas I think I think the uh, cinematography, the shot composition, in like there's some lovely shots in Civil War. Like sure, yeah. a lot of fans point to the uh, cap uh, reflecting the blast of uh, mm. off of his shield. Yeah, that's lovely. That's well composed. Uh, a lot Str- of fans, straight out of the comic. Yeah, a lot of fans uh, point to uh, to Charles helmet in the snow. Mm. Like he set that aside while he goes to talk to Baron Zemo. Yeah. That's great too. Um, but I, I think. I think by by a comfortable margin, BVS is the winner here. Feel free to disagree. I do not disagree. I actually do think again there is there is something again there is this continuity in this universe uh, building and this kind of set. This is the style. This is the way we're going. Again, I think Marvel obviously they want the directors to a point to do their own thing, mm. but they still there's still a a, a specific target they want those directors to hear in a specific look and a specific style that kind of bleeds into the other films and i think that is here in civil war again it does look good it does pop um it does look great there are those moments again like even zemo drowning the guy in the sink yeah. you know stuff like that and just the top down on that is great it is a it is a gorgeous film and again like you said those those kind of moments towards the end as well and the and the darks and the yeah it, it is a good looking film but i think nothing no other dc film looks like bvs yeah let's be honest like and i like that i like that there's something special and unique to that yeah um and and that and that's again like what i said earlier i think like dc does that they do the kind of the one shots are kind of better for them and they have a better handle on those and i think marvel has a better handle on the continuity yeah um, I, th- I think within in terms the universe of like, in terms of visual diversity as well so you've mm. got like you've got like zack snyder's films which are shot on 35 millimeters so there's grain sure but there's also lovely richness uh to to the the visual 
visuals. Mm. Um, whereas if but if you look at something like Aquaman, then it's incredibly clean, very mm. very digital, uh, bright, but like bright, yeah, bright colors, incredibly bright colors, very mm. vivid. Yeah. Um, and that's what and that's what I liked about luminescent. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. what I liked about that film as well because yeah. it was so different from the Aquaman we'd already seen. And, yeah. and the the visual representation of that, and I like that they're given that license, and they gave James Gunn the license. They were like, "Go sure, do, yeah. go and make whatever you think you're going to make," and they're like, "Yeah, sure." And you know, it turns out really well. Um, but there you go. Hopefully, they've learned the, their lessons from previous uh, installments. So um, are we at two all now? So yeah, I believe so. So writing was we we gave that to Civil War. Yep, acting, acting was, was draw. draw. Music was for BVS. Uh, cinematography was BVS. Oh, okay. So BVS is now edging out Civil War. Okay. BV- BVS is in the lead. So direction. Uh, that's such a yeah. that's such a, a huge because hmm. that that could that could go into so many things like hmm. there are. I mean, there are two directors of Civil War, so there's yeah. two people involved in that. There's a team working in the direction. So I don't know if that gives them an unfair advantage, perhaps, or. I don't know if maybe they can they bounce off each other. I don't know what the directing style is. Maybe there's a strength to one of the Russo brothers and there's a strength to the other one. Maybe mm. the other one does the action scenes, the other one does the quieter scenes or something like that. I mean, like I that. think Civil War's got some really great action scenes, some oh, really yeah. great like hand-to-hand fights, mm. whereas I think with the nature of... Oh, you, you've got that amazing warehouse fight in BVS, yeah. but I think the yeah. nature of the uh, combat for someone like Superman or Wonder mm. Woman and Doomsday, like there's going to be... The, there's no really way to do it other than like hurling yeah thun- the gods hurl thunderbolts B- you know buildings they, yeah buildings each at each other buildings and, and stuff and yeah exactly uh but i think i think they both do a really good job of like having those cool little comic book homages mm. um so like just that little moment in bvs where it replicates the cover for the dark knight returns you know with yeah, the lightning yeah. bolt mm-hmm. uh where, and obviously they do the same thing in civil yeah, war sure. with the with the bouncing off the shield yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's difficult cause it's, it, tough, it's such yeah. a broad church um mm. it 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 does i think it does kind of go to your own sort of personal bias and preferences what you want to see yeah in the film. again i think the 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 balancing of all the characters especially like there's not quite as many combatants in say one of the action sequences in bvs so you know it might be a little easier to kind of keep track of that mm-hmm. um but with everything going on in civil war they do manage to to, again, it's the it's the balance of those Marvel films for me that they can have so much going on. They can have the characters doing so much and have these scenes and have them seemingly fit in and not feel like totally alien or out of the blue. The the this cohesive universe, um, you know, and it, it works. And I think I think the the airport scene is a triumph in just action sequences anyway, mm. and and superhero movies as well. Uh, again. I, I like the action and sequences in BVS, but there is so much going on and to yeah. navigate through that and to tell that story in a visual way. If we're just going off that scene alone, I think Civil War would edge out BVS for me. But then there's so much, like you were talking about earlier with BVS and all these little things like what everything represents and why it's there and yeah. how it's pieced together. It's I- a very specific idea and vision that that Zack Snyder has and again with all the disparate elements and making them work together because you have you have you have one director who's very sort of visually idiosyncratic mm. and you have another pair of directors who are very who come from a television background mm. and their strength is working with with actors yeah, and, and, 
absolutely. Again, for, but also like pacing and plotting mm. because you know in a tight yeah shorter time frame yeah, they have to time use frame. yeah so he's 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 painting a huge canvas yeah. and they're painting loads of very good intricate smaller ones and then kind of fitting them together almost yeah. um it is a tough one um but we have to make a decision um, either way. Can we call this one a draw? I think we'll have to. Because it's really difficult to compare them. Yeah. Because they're both, you know, whether whether you like it or not is your yeah. personal preference. But they're right. both doing what they do very well. Okay. So if we call that a draw, so there's two draws. Then we gave the writing to Civil War. Yep. And then we gave we gave uh, BVS the other two categories, didn't we? Yep. Do we do we need to do another category? Do you think would that be Is fair? It's just because you don't want BVS to win. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying because I, I, I. It's it's really hard. But that's that's good. It's yeah. good that we're having such a hard time. It is, with this yeah, because, doing because it's because it, we're showing that the debate is more nuanced than yeah. one film does it right and the other film does exactly. it wrong. Exactly, and I, and I, I don't want it to. I don't want it to be that way, and it's. But you are right. I don't think there is a an easy answer for directing. I don't think there's an easy answer for acting either because mm. I love Zack Snyder's work. 300's great. Watchmen's great. I love the Zack Snyder-esness mm. of what he does. I don't think necessarily this is his best film, but there is, there's a, there's a unique style. I don't think maybe Civil War has that again with the cinematography and everything. Mm-hmm. But again, there's nothing wrong with Civil War. It's an amazing film. Do you want to throw in one more category? Should we I'm should we just do it? Do that. Yeah. We'll do yeah. we'll do one more. Okay. Well, just just because I, it's not it's not that I don't want to give it to BVS because I think you know fair play to it uh, if it is. But what what we'll do just for argument's sake? Okay. We'll just do it. We'll just throw throw a hail mary because BVS can still win. Yeah. Still win. Um. And and but then also if we we do another category, then it's a draw again, isn't it? Okay. I don't I, I personally have no problem with it being a draw because I think that that to me would prove my thesis quite well in that like there Yeah. I know I know you might <laughs> you want a really clear and decisive winner. I do, I do kinda wanna like win. Like Highlander, there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if if you're happy with it, I guess but then Let's put in another category. Let's yeah. see. How let's we do, get let's on. do it. Let's do it. Let's just let's go crazy. Let's throw. So what I'm going to do is I've got six categories and I've got a little dice app. So I'm going to roll the dice. Okay. And we're going to see what the category is. Or actually, why don't you, Dan, roll okay. the dice? Because you so. don't want to be like uh, Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face, like flipping the <laughs> coin over and over again until you get the so result like, you want. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. So uh, I think uh, I've not used this before, but I think if you tap on that, it okay. should roll for okay. us. So, so I'm so, tapping it. Yeah. Five. So category five. So Dan has, has picked, well, has rolled the dice and category five. I don't know what category five is off the top of my head. Set design. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be BVS, hasn't yeah. it? It's got to be BVS. It's, it's, it's the winner. It is the winner. There's, I mean, we, I'm happy to talk about it in more detail. Yeah, let's, like... let's, talk about, let's talk about set design. But like Civil War is, is an airport. I do like. I do really like the Russian there are other best. Locations. Yeah, the, I know. I know. <laughs> but we always of, talk. We're always going to talk about the airport when we talk about. There's Civil a lot War. of concrete bunkers. There is a lot of yeah. War. Like I do like. I do like the 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 kind of cryogenic place. Yeah. Um. The cryogenic. Um. All the all the pods and everything. I quite like that Russian Siberian thing. I like the prison. I like the the vault or whatever yeah. it's called or I the like, raft. I like the little. Um. I like the one of my favorite sets. Mm. Um. Is Bucky's apartment in yeah is it vienna yeah i think it's the hallway 
Yeah, I, I just think. That's, oh, and he, and he, I love when he uses the railing as like a rope. That's, yeah, that's one of my favourite. I just think that's a really because one of the biggest criticisms of the MCU is not necessarily criticism I share, but mm. a lot of it just looks like actors in front of a green screen. Whereas yeah. I think that's one of the sets that just feels the most authentic and lived mm. in. Yeah. But that said, I mean, yeah. there's there's nowhere that's as spectacularly ugly as the the. Uh, the building where the fight happens in BVS, mm. like the the, yeah, fact that the warehouse, the even even the the all the locations that they absolutely destroy. Yeah. And I, I was I was enjoying I was enjoying this version uh, because obviously it's it's trying to kind of deal. I don't know if like when films deal with the criticism of previous films, I'm not sure if I like it or not. But I remember like Simon Pegg was like a big uh, a big guy who's against. Uh, Man of Steel because of all the destruction and I went mm. that that argument never held any water for me because he wrote Star Trek Into Darkness where the Enterprise crashes into a city yeah, so I was like you're talking absolute shit Simon Pegg I love you but that's <laughs> absolute bullshit um, but I, I think again it's it's the like you said like his artistic background yeah. comes to the fore and we see that in again like it's, it's yeah, it's a lot of destruction, a lot of rubble, but there is something to that. Even the Kryptonian, the inside of the Kryptonian ship is oh, really yeah. gorgeous and beautiful and Geiger-esque. so unique. Yeah, very Geiger-esque. The, um, and the you, you know you got the the Batcave, which is mm. this uh, very very sort of linear, very very clean and rigid. It's like he's imposing his will on this mm. natural space. Yeah. Uh, you've got the you know Bruce Wayne's um, little his little what's it called? Not penthouse, but the little the like lake man- house, yeah, lake the little lake yeah, the little lake house mansion lives, thing. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, I, I do like. I do quite like that Batcave and the water and everything when mm. he drives down. Um, yeah, Lois's apartment. Is yeah, amazing. Lois's apartment. It's it's it's, it's it, he's like Snyder has got like a clear vision. You know, this is like this is how I want it to look. This is the way it's going to be. And again, as much as I love Civil War, the categories that BVS has won in, they he do, they do head and shoulders win over those yeah, categories. Yeah, I think it's because we're going for very visually oriented yeah. categories. But but comic books are a visual medium, yeah. and, and again, they replicate them in a way. They replicate a lot of the stuff, and I love. When I can get it, I love comic book accuracy, but I also love wildly different takes. Yeah. Not this particular Lex is a wildly different take, but I do like wildly different takes. And this is this is a take, you know, this is a you, vision. You're not getting the joy of Lex. <laughs> no, not that not that look. But I mean the the film in, in on its whole is is a it it has this art direction that Snyder has in and it has a vision behind it. Again, it doesn't look anything like Man of Steel, which no. is which is interesting and it's it's unique. And their Gotham is very different to what Gotham's we've seen before and Batman's we've seen Batman we've seen before. Man of Steel's shot very differently as well. It's very mm. handheld, very immediate, uh, mm. almost sort of like documentary esque. Mm, yeah. um, and I think with um, where and, and Justice League, there's kind of they're kind of similar to BVS mm. in its cinematography, but like it's much more yeah. golden, much more mm. sort of. Um, uh, sort of like almost uh, pantheonic. Yeah. Is that a word? <laughs> sure, sure. Whatever you want. But I, I, I didn't think that BVS would come out on top, but I think your your argument and uh, and obviously you've had you've had a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> uh, and I've not prepared anything. Um, but I think it is uh, it is um, it is a it's a victory. You know, it's 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 hands hands you know, hands and shoulders just smashed civil war but i think again 
if you civil want something, war is if you not want something a bad that says yeah if you want something that says civil war is better than bvs just go on youtube yeah you won't any, anybody have to, you yeah. won't have to wait for very long to find <laughs> one but again this is i would watch this version of bvs this is the it is the ultimate edition it is the best way to view that that film and if you can get the imax enhanced version mm. um then so much the better because do you, you do just get those little bits where uh the black bars go from the side from the bottom and top they go on the sides mm. and you just get a little bit of a taller uh frame mm. and it's uh yeah it looks it yeah. looks superb but yeah i i think we we do have to have a winner and i can't argue with you it is bvs i did not expect this but it, it's done it but it's, look they're both great films they're yeah both, absolutely they're both, accom- they're both I winners think, i think that yeah i think they both accomplish what they're trying to accomplish yeah. very well mm. um you know, history was much kinder to one than the other. Sure. Uh, however, if this helps you sort of reappraise your or reevaluate your opinion of BVS, or or go back and give it a second chance, or yeah. or maybe just think, okay, one was much more to my taste than the other, but sure. I'm happy to accept the merits of the other. Like, just as long as we're not being tribal about it, no. you know. Well, I've I've never I've, I've never world. really bought into the Marvel versus DC thing. Like, it's fun to think about, but I've never been like. Oh, the other one is just shit compared to this one. I've had, you know, when I was younger, I did consider some characters not so great, or I, I, I had a, you know, a lower opinion of certain things. But over time, I've just gone, it's all good, it's all yeah. good shit. So I think, enjoy I think it. that's part of when you were a kid. That's how you make sense of the world is mm. by by uh, being tribal and by, mm. you know, assigning this good, this bad. Mm. But I think you need to get more nuanced about it otherwise yeah. and especially in these very nuanced times where we live in where we've got so much information coming at us from all angles yeah, i yeah. think we need to just be a little bit more nuanced in our thinking and 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 stop thinking in in, in terms of diamond absolutes as yeah. it were uh, yeah. because that can be very damaging to our perspective as bruce wayne will tell you <laughs> he, he is uh, he would say that um but yeah who knew bvs trounces uh <laughs> civil war or, you know, if you disagree with us, tell us. Um, speaking of people that may disagree with you, Dan, how about some listener comments? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You I've, read, I've read a couple that I know will disagree with me, and that's fine. That's okay. We're all entitled to our opinion. So uh, uh, former guest, who, very recent guest, Max Byrne, so that's at Maxi Byrne on Twitter, says, BVS edges it for me. Both superb films, though... I do like the game of British Bulldogs at the Civil War airport. Oh yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, they, they are there are they are a lot playing with the explo- um, War Machine doesn't he start like shooting with actual guns and missiles and stuff? And he does, yeah, yeah. And and I I, I feel sorry for the poor sods who've, who've parked in the long term. Oh my god, bay in yeah, that, in that airport. <laughs> in, I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, at the moment, there's a lot of people that don't like Scarlet Witch within the Marvel universe, especially that little town. Uh, but can you imagine all the people that? weren't insured those cars all those people saying goodbye to their no claims bonus because she's <laughs> tossing them around like they're matchbox cars <laughs> oh dear oh dear um so i am jack's musings my biggest fan i am jack's musings says the ultimate edition of bvs dawn of justice is the superior cut but still features some fatal flaws such as blind alley subplots and the jarring shoehorned in the franchise furthering dream sequences and case file searches. So I think he's talking about the emails as well. So okay, yeah. Again, like we were saying, the, the BBS does have the has the heavy lifting to do in, in regards yeah. to that building that universe, that expanded universe. But if, if that's an issue for you, then um, that by all yeah. means is just not something that bothered me personally. He's not finished. He's got more. Oh, sorry. 
Civil War, however, better balances the need to fit into a cinematic universe, introducing new characters while providing moments and screen time for a myriad of previously established ones. In order to round out Cap's trilogy, I could watch this all day. I do not disagree with any yeah. of that. That's very good, very good, very uh, reasoned argument. Yeah, Thank those, you for that. Those are, those are all things I love about the film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Paul Meller, so that's at the Meller Geek. Love both of these movies. Each has a very different tone to me. Civil War, I feel, has better pacing and a light, and is a lighter watch. However, BVS for me ticks a lot of boxes. Awesome soundtrack, iconic scenes throughout, especially the actual fight. Lex, though. <sighs> Is okay. what he says. But then he goes, BVS edges it for me as well. Okay. So so he's a BVS fan. Angry Andy Reviews at Andy underscore review on Twitter says, Civil is he, War... Is he angry about this? He, um, I imagine he is. Uh, let's, let's hear it. Uh, Civil War all the way. Higher stakes, superior character-driven stories, world-changing dynamics that feel earned, consistent, compelling villain, Lex, question mark, awful structurally balanced better and directed with flair control in equal measure again all very good points okay but uh, that is a take but who knew who knew but that is that is it dan how do you feel about that um i'm i'm surprised i am genuinely surprised i did i didn't i did come like i came in thinking civil war probably edge it or you know but i I'm glad that we did it. I'm glad that we did our double bill, a long double bill of two, because I think that did help in the decision making. Yep. I think to actively compare them directly one after each other does help sometimes with the clone balls. Yep. But yeah, no, I think I think you've you've argued it successfully. I mean, um, no, one, no one's going to take your caramel latte away from you. No, absolutely not. Uh, but like, I love know, that latte. I love that latte. Sometimes you might want to crack open a nice bottle of red, and it might just be a bit more satisfying, although more complex. Absolutely. I think, again, I think that's a great analogy to use. I think that has, uh, again, that's influenced my decision. And I never make my mind up when I come to these. I always I always come in with an open mind because I don't want to just be like, I don't want it to be a, a foregone conclusion. Yeah. I always come in and I go, keep an open mind. We'll see what happens. And, and look what happened. I'm, you know, glad, that my, I'm glad that my, uh, my passion has sort of rubbed off on you a bit. Yeah, because, absolutely. Because I, I do remember a time when you were... Not, uh, not so keen on it. Yeah, I, I don't think you ever actively disliked it, but I remember you were kind of cheerfully indifferent to I th- it. I think, I think what's happened is I didn't like that and I've grown to like it. And I I like Suicide Squad, and yeah. I've grown to not like that one. Fair enough. So, which is um, you know the original Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. I like. Um, but yeah, there you go. That is it. Who knew? Eh? Who can could we, predict? Can we sneak it? in and release the air cut? <laughs> release the air squad. cut restore the snyder cut um, you're allowed to have a multiverse so you can have a snyder cut multiverse it's not it's not a thing it's not a problem it's but not would, an issue i would like to see the the film that david ayer wanted to make rather than the one I that would. was sort of like reverse engineered into by, Deadpool slash Guardian by two youtube editors yeah <laughs> uh yes i agree no i agree i would have liked to see that gritty dark version which you know arguably was probably more in line initially with what the Snyderverse was, you know, potentially. Um, but Dan, uh, we've got to go because we've already gone on far too long as it is. Um, tell people where Much they like can find. Much like Zack Snyder. <laughs> 
four hours later. Now, I'm not doing a four-hour Snyder Cut of this. Um, tell people where they can find you on the social media if they you want them to find you. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, uh, by all means, uh, find me at, at DLKeatis, K-E-A-T-I-S. Uh, and and as long as you're polite and respectful, uh, yeah. share your opinion. I'm, I'm more than happy to entertain views that are contrary to my own. Just be polite or I'll yeah. mate with the block button. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's I think that's fair on all social medias. Um but no, absolutely. And uh, and you've got a lot of positive things to stay and I always I always appreciate them. I, I always appreciate you championing films and stuff that you think are, are a lesser I remember you said that you went back and watched The Amazing Spider Man two and you were like, Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. I mean I, I'm I'm I do have a soft spot for those uh, Mark Webb films and I, yeah. I, I think there's a lot to love about the second one, even though obviously like I'm not gonna argue that it doesn't have its issues no of course not there's a lot that i find myself going hmm, this is actually yeah i i, yeah. I dig this like yeah. visually performance wise sure yeah, yeah this this stuff again he has a vi- he definitely has a vision as well but yeah maybe we could do the amazing spider-man 2 and spider-man 3 i mean let's be honest we have as as geeks in the you know the 2020s we have an embarrassment of riches at the moment oh absolutely we're spoiled if we're you spoiled. grew up in the 80s and 90s you got like one piece of comic book media every 10 years so <laughs> yeah like and you, and you and you'd get like a ghost rider and you'd be like I guess that was okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah, I, I, so, it's something. So I can't. I just can't bring myself to to be Hate negative. On anything, or, yeah. yeah, or to or to like throw my dummy out the pram or yeah. whatever. I just yeah. I we've just got so much of this stuff, and it's mm. it, and you know even if it's not to your taste or if it clashes with your understanding of what the characters mm. are, I think if you let go of your preconceptions and try mm. and enjoy the the film or TV show or animated series or whatever mm. on its own terms, you're going to have a much better time. And and it will have been nothing is made. Obviously, there's, there's corporate interference and there's people sure, yeah. looking at bottom lines, but mm. like there's there's between even something like josh trank's fantastic four there's people there's people who Mm. want to do the best thing they possibly can and they're putting a lot of love heart soul and effort into it yeah no i agree um but yeah uh, i mean i i'm i'm not a fan of of people shitting on comic book movies in general there was a guy uh, recently on is a bit of a is it can be a bit of a wanker but i like him uh, <laughs> but uh he was like oh why is everyone just praising this new comic book movie i actually appreciate real art i watched the uh undiscovered you know underrated classics which is something i do and i went there's a world where you can enjoy a comic book movie and you can enjoy some fucking you know akira kurosawa yeah there is a world where you because i do that all the time the podcast is about that i like the underrated films i like the underappreciated stuff and that's what today's been all yeah. about as well and uh, um, but yeah, you can you can enjoy both. It's okay. It's yeah. fine. There's, you don't always. I know this particular format is we have to you know clash things together, but it's it's all out of respect and and out of love and yeah. you know and and there's a reason we're doing it because they're, they're a bit similar, sure. But I don't actively like to go out and just badmouth any film or any any other film that is better than the other. Um, but anyway, you can find me on my social medias if if you want. Uh, <laughs> so I'm on Facebook <laughs> at Secret Bores, uh, Twitter is at Dan underscore Bores, Instagram it's spider down secret balls like share comment subscribe etc don't forget to use the hashtag prepare for prattle when you interact with us and if you want to join the Pratalion uh, and be briefed 
in full on The Secret Balls. Swing over to Prattleworld at spiderdownthesecretballs.com. I would like to thank my patrons on Patreon. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Burns, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cottam, and two new ones, Mike Burton of uh, of uh, Genuine Chit Chat and Angry Andy of Angry Andy Reviews. Thank you very much for your donations. Thanks for coming on board. There's a lot more content on its way for you, so thanks for all of your continuing donations. It is very much appreciated and helps Brattle World keep on turning. And if you ever find yourself in a position to help the podcast, please consider it. So some people might consider this an upset, but, you know, if you're upset, that's your problem. We're quite <laughs> happy with the decision we've made. Yeah, join the conversation. Exactly. Have some fun. Watch it again. Watch <laughs> it several times. Every time I've watched it, it has got better. I will say that. And I'm glad, I'm glad Dan uh, sat me down and, you know, forced my eyes open, uh, much like a clockwork orange, and, <laughs> and made me watch it again. Not literally. <laughs> mm, close. <laughs> no, it's, it's been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate you giving up your weekend to do the double bill and to record this, Dan. You've been fantastic. My pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. Have a happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day.